it's wrong to criticize leaders of the church, even if the criticism is true. I have no doubt on the basis of what I have, have studied and learned that Mormons, including local leaders of our church, were prime movers in that terrible episode and participated in the killing. Some say that karma is a bitch. Some say that karma is a bitch. The big show. Welcome everybody to the premiere episode of Ex-Mormon Live. It's good to have everybody here and I'm happy to be here as well. And I think this is going to be a lot of fun. So I appreciate everybody for your uh, positive comments and likes and all that fun stuff. I really appreciate it. I've, I've spent a few months putting this show together and uh, buying the necessary equipment and then learning how to use it. Um, I guess you can teach an old dog new tricks. Uh, I had to figure out some stuff. Uh, I've been podcasting for 10 years, but it's not quite the same when you're preparing to do a live show with uh, call-ins and all that fun stuff. So I took a little bit of uh, research and learning to first figure out what I needed to get uh, as far as equipment and everything, and then figuring out how to use it. That was the fun part. So uh, there's a lot of different uh, explanations out there, and everyone's a little bit different. <laughs> so I had to kind of figure it out. But uh, it's great to have everybody here. And basically the, the format of the show is going to be, as I've explained it, but some of you may not have heard everything. So basically the first half hour of the show is going to be me talking about current news events, things that are going on. And then the last half hour of the show, I want to take your phone calls. And those of you that have experiences or things that you want to share, uh, you're welcome to call in. It's just open lines for everybody. Uh, the only exception might be if I was doing an interview or if I get somebody that calls in that really needs to talk, then I probably would keep them longer than just an average you know, question or something like that. So anyway, so that's basically how we're going to do it. Um, just some of the details about the show. I've, I've published them over on Ex-Mormon Radio and also on the Ex-Mormon Live Facebook group. But basically, the, the show is going to be free every night for everybody. So anyone that can tune in can listen for free through TuneIn Radio worldwide. Um, as far as I know, this is the first ever daily live Ex-Mormon show. And from my research, I can't even really see where there's been a daily live Mormon show so this might be the first in the genre of Mormonism I don't know but it kind of looks like it might be so I'm excited about that and I'm excited to be able to take phone calls which I think will be a big part of the show um, I want it to be caller driven and give people the chance to call in and express you know whatever's on their mind uh, especially this time of year I mean there's a lot of us out there that have lost a lot of people during this process of Mormonism 
uh, leaving Mormonism. And I've been cut off by 95% of my family, including brothers and sisters and friends, uh, for only questioning. They didn't even know that I didn't believe in the church or that I left. They still don't know because we haven't talked in 10 years. But they simply cut me off for questioning. And then, uh, as some of you know, my parents were also cut off for not, uh, you know, cutting me out of their life. They were given an ultimatum by the family. Either he goes or we go. And thankfully, my parents uh, chose me and the truth. And they also have not talked to the family, you know, sons, daughters, nieces, nephews for 10 years. So it's pretty sad. So I do understand, believe me, uh, those of you that have lost a lot. And I already see people calling in. Um, the way this is going to work is um, the calls will be like the last half hour of the show. So um, I'm just going to be talking here for a little bit about some of the current events and news that's going on. And then, uh, you know, just keep calling. And when I'm ready to answer calls, uh, whoever's on there calling at the time, I will answer the phone and take your call, okay? Um, just a couple of shout outs, real quick. I just wanted to uh, thank Lori Crandall for her contributions. Um, she has allowed me to play her music over on, uh, well, where you're listening right now on Ex Mormon Radio 24 7. Um, she's been very gracious to allow me to do that. And I really appreciate that, Lori. It adds a lot to the station. And she's been through a lot and suffered a lot and had a lot of pain in her life because of the church. And she's written music about it, and she's very passionate about it, and she's spent a lot of time doing it. So for those of you that listen to Ex-Mormon Radio and you get to hear her music, uh, you know, enjoy it and just be grateful that, you know, she can, uh, you know, contribute that to the Ex-Mormon community. I really appreciate it. And for those of you that uh, are willing to help Lori, um, she does have a GoFundMe page, and I will link to that so that you guys can see it. And if anyone can, you know, help her at all in her dream to continue to write music and everything, that would be great. She would really appreciate it. I'd appreciate it because she's really, really a great woman, and she's helped a lot of people. So her music uh, is just very uh, amazing. It's uh, she's very strong, and, and it comes through in her music. So. Anyway, thanks again. All right, so uh, let's see. What else can I tell you about the new format here? Um, uh, starting out, the show is going to be an hour. And you know, also, I appreciate any feedback on people on uh, sound and things like that. If uh, for some reason you're not hearing me very well or it's not loud enough or something, just let me know. But the show right now is being broadcast at uh, 32 KBPS, uh, which is just, you know, for those of you that download podcasts and stuff, you know what I'm talking about. Um, I'm going to try and increase it to 48 and then 64, so the quality will just keep getting better. But for those of you that uh, are subscribed to the archives, it will be at 128. So I might be broadcasting at 32, but, and this is just the technical stuff, just so you know, but it'll be at a higher quality, 128 for the downloads. So uh, as I was mentioning, the show every night will be free for everybody. Um, the archives will be by subscription only, and they will run $7.95 a month for those of you that want to sign up. And I will archive all the shows by the next morning, probably that night, hopefully, but at least by the next morning they'll be there for you to download in case you missed the show and you still want to listen to it. So that's how that's going to work. Um, but like I said, you know, every night, you know, if you can't afford the archives, just tune in live every night and you know, I'll be here. So, and it's free for everyone, wherever you're at. So 
I've also put some different uh, links up on Ex Mormon Live on Facebook and also over on uh, Ex Mormon Radio where you can uh, see what time zone you're in because there's going to be people from all over the world trying to figure out what time it is in Utah, you know, what time 11 o'clock in Utah is their time. So I've put up those links for you to help you out as well. Let's see, what else can I tell you? Uh, basically, this is a passion of mine. Um, as most of you that have followed me for the last 10 years, you know that I've been doing this for 10 years. Um, I started podcasting, you know, way back in the beginning of podcasting. Uh, Mike and Hiram from The Church Is Not True, they were the original ex-Mormon Mormon podcasters. They were the first. John DeLynn was second. I believe I was third. Uh, if, if I wasn't, you know, correct me. Um, I mean, there might have been uh, some others that were doing something back then, but basically Mike and Hiram, uh, you know, they were the originals and they inspired me and they helped me to laugh again at probably my darkest time in my life. And so uh, I've, I've told Mike many times, thank you, but I'll say it again publicly. Thank you, Mike. And thank you, Hiram, wherever you're at. Uh, you guys were awesome and uh, you inspired me to, to start blogging and podcasting. So it was pretty awesome to uh, be able to do that. So, uh, you know, I didn't even know what it was. I mean, not many people did know what a podcast was back then. We were all learning still. I mean, it was all new stuff. So we had to figure that out. Uh, but thanks to them, I was able to do it. And I talked to Hiram a few times and uh, just great guys. And they uh, helped a lot of people. And I still have that podcast hosted over on ex-Mormon Radio or on uh, the church is not, or churchisnottrue.blogspot.com. Uh, Mike had linked to that earlier over in the uh, Ex-Mormon Live group, and I also posted a link to the Ex-Mormon Radio where I have it posted. If you haven't listened to the episodes of The Church Is Not True, you really should. They're awesome. They're great. And, you know, like I said, they might help you because they've helped a lot of people. So anyway, uh, I've probably forgotten some things that I was going to mention, but for now, that's good enough. And if you have any questions, you can email me at... Uh, xmormonlive at gmail.com that will be my email address and I will uh, you know like I said around the 30 minutes into the show I'll start taking your calls but I'll tell everybody at that time you know I'm assuming that most people will be listening so I will mention that when that time comes for me to start taking your calls just so everybody knows and the way Skype works uh, unfortunately they don't have a like a hold button or a mute button so I can't just accept everybody in it's basically one call at a time so if I'm on the phone with somebody else you can try calling in but I'm not gonna answer till I'm done with that call but if you want to just keep trying to call in like I said the next person in line that's on there I will answer the call and you'll be live on the air so then you can you know talk about whatever you want to so anyway um, I just wanted to uh, that's enough of all that right time to get into the show but what I wanted to talk about is somebody had sent me a link earlier uh, actually it was Lori Crandall I think she was saying that they're gonna be uh, possibly shortening church meetings and I was there's a link actually and I'll have to link everyone to it but there's a link saying that they're talking about making the uh, meetings two hours and 15 minutes which would be a dramatic departure from the three-hour block that we've been used to for for decades um, I think they, it was shorter back in the 80s at one time when they used to have Sunday school uh, during the week. And I think it was two hours then for like priesthood, relief society, and sacrament meetings. Some of you might remember that. But then it went to the three-hour block, and it's been that way ever since. So 
I guess they're considering cutting it down to two hours and 15 minutes. So that'll be interesting to see if they're going to do that. I guess they're trying it out. I don't remember the location. I don't have it up right now. But I guess they're trying it out in a, in a particular location to see how it works. So they said that they, uh, they, I guess they finally figured out that on Sunday you should spend more time with your family. So it's kind of nice that they figured that out in 2015. Uh, once again, it's that uh, wonderful ongoing revelation, right? The, uh, the modern day revelation where Christ finally said, you know what, they should spend more time with their families. <laughs> so anyway, I thought that was an interesting article. I haven't really had a chance to read it much, but uh, I just saw, I just kind of went through it and and you know saw the basics of what they're trying to do so I guess we'll see if that happens but obviously the big news lately has been the new policy that the church has on gay couples and their children and of course that's been all the uproar and there was a mass resignation party and which I uh, I broadcast live on ex-mormon radio for everybody and I replayed it you know throughout the night for everyone and uh, I have the audio on Ex Mormon Radio right now in rotation, so you might tune in at some point and you might hear that playing. But, uh, you know, it's just really, there, there's a lot of different sides to this issue, and there's a lot of different opinions on it. And I'm not going to get too much into what I heard today by somebody, but I will just say that they mentioned that, uh, and, and I might get into this more tomorrow, but they mentioned that basically the the church was uh, wrong. There was it was showing that uh, that they had integrity. Um, that this policy proves that they have uh, integrity. Um, that we can take them at face value, their words at face value. And I'm sorry, but uh, I just don't I don't understand. I mean, I really do not understand that at all. Um, I mean, it shows that they have compassion, they said. So compassion, integrity, and we can take them at face value that, that they really want to protect the children. I mean, it, it's just simply not true. Um, you know, I was talking with uh, my, my partner and you know, my friend, Demon of Kolob, earlier today, and I was just saying that, you know, this decision that they made does not come from any type of love or compassion or integrity. It comes from hate and bigotry. I mean, they don't, they don't worry about the, the children of gay couples. They, I mean, this is just my opinion, of course, but I mean, you know, if this isn't a sign of how they feel about gay couples and gay marriage and their children, I mean, we're talking about people that are even in uh, a gay relationship, uh, you know, or, or married. I mean, even married. Uh, you know, it's legal. It's a legal marriage, and yet they're considered apostates now. And so it's just really, um, it's upsetting, you know, because they're, and then they're taking it out on the children of, of the gay couples, you know? So, you know, what are we to make of it? Well, it's not done out of love and compassion. I mean, seriously. And, and so I was quite shocked to hear that. And that's what I was telling Demon of Kolob about earlier is that it just really surprised me that, you know, a, an ex-Mormon would say something like that um, surprises me. I mean, it almost feels controversial for me to say that I don't agree with it, you know, because it seems like there's a lot of people that are on that bandwagon, but I'm not. I mean, I see them for what they are. I've seen them for what they are for 10 years, ever since I discovered the truth and I got out. Um, you know, it, it's, um, 
I don't know. I just, I just don't know how anybody can see it that way. Um, if they, you know, and, and here's further proof of what I'm saying. Okay, if they were really being genuine and we could take them at face value about what they're saying that they want to protect the children, if that was true, why would they still be encouraging the children to go to church? So, you know, they want to keep the children out of the tug of war with the parents and religion, and they just want to protect those poor little kids of gay couples, right? But they don't because they're continuing to encourage them to go to church. So they were so worried about the kids, they would say, don't come near the church till you're 18. And not only that, but at 18 years old, if they do want to join, uh, they have to, you know, basically cut off their parents, you know, and say that their parents are living in sin and it's wrong and they have to move out of their house. So, yeah, that's that's real compassionate, really compassionate. I mean, what are you talking about? I mean, it is so hateful that I can't even begin to comprehend the hate that has gone into this. Uh, and, and this is the thing that that I think a lot of people may not realize. I don't know. I mean, they should. I don't know why they don't. But it seems like, you know, a lot of the, the people that are in the church that are gay that have had to leave the church or they're being excommunicated now because they're considered apostates. So it's going to be a witch hunt. You know, they're going to try and hunt them down and excommunicate them. I mean, I hope not. A lot of people are saying, well, maybe the bishops will just ignore it and or something like that. But chances are they're not going to uh, if this is what they're being told to do. And so basically, you know, they're going to go after him and, and, and they're going to excommunicate him. And, and I mean, that's not love and that's not compassion and that's not integrity. I mean, it's none of the above. And so it just really, it just really upsets me and it's going to, and it's going to cost lives and it probably already has. I mean, I've heard some things about the you know, ever since the church made an announcement about this policy that the suicide hotlines have, you know, increased dramatically in traffic and things like that. And so it's really devastating to these children that have to experience this, you know, I mean, they have to literally reject their parents. And then they're trying to say, well, they don't have to reject them. They just have to reject their lifestyle. And, you know, I mean, come on, it, it's just not, uh, it's not genuine and it's not honest. So um, but what I was going to say is a lot of these, the, the gay couples and, and the children, they still believe the church is true. So as ex-Mormons, we can say, well, I don't understand. You know, they shouldn't want their kids in the church anyway, and so it's a good thing, right? It's a great thing that, that they don't have to be a part of the church. Well, it would be a great thing if they didn't believe in the church. If that was the case, they wouldn't care. It wouldn't matter to them that they couldn't be in the church, Right. I mean, where am I going wrong here? I, I just, I don't understand what's happening with some of these people and opinions out there. I mean, the truth is that they believe the church is true. So they are being cut out of the church. Uh, the parents are being punished in cases where, you know, they have uh, custody of the children. 51% or more, I guess, is the way it's going to work because it's the primary custody of the child. You know, if, if it's the straight parent at 51%, then it's okay. But if it's the, the gay parent or gay parents, then they're going to be excommunicated and the children are going to be basically excommunicated as well. You can say whatever you want, but these children, starting with babies, are being excommunicated from the church. And so, you know, normally I would be happy about that, but I'm not happy about it because these are people that still believe in the church and then it has dramatic and long-lasting impacts on both the families and the children. You know, uh, for the children that they're continuing to say, uh, keep coming to church, 
you know, there's a state president in California who, who literally said, uh, and you can continue to come to me for counsel or advice or, you know, anything you need, except you can't be a member of the church. It, it, it's just unbelievable. And so what's going to happen when these kids are eight years old and all their friends are getting baptized and they can't get baptized? And their friends are going to go, well, why can't you get baptized? And what are they going to say? Well, my mommy and daddy or my mommy and mommy or daddy and daddy, whatever, are in a gay relationship. And, you know, I've been excommunicated from the church until I'm 18 years old. And even then I have to, like, basically cut off my parents or a parent and move out of the house if I'm living with them. And so, I mean, it's just horrible. And so what kind of impact is that going to have on the young and impressionable children who might believe the church is actually true uh so anyway you know and then you know i i mentioned a lot of people mentioned that this will lead to suicides and it's going to lead to depression and all kinds of things and it's uh i mean there, there were i was reading an article earlier today there were two children in colorado in the same school both 11 11 years old that committed suicide like in the last week and it's absolutely tragic and so to think that this can't impact children that young is simply not true. And then you have to ask yourself, well, does the does the church care that people are committing suicide? And the answer is no, they don't. Why would they? And so again, I mean, I'm not going to I'm not going to parse words here. I'm not going to sit here and pretend that that well, they're actually good people at heart. They're just doing bad things, you know, whatever. Uh, the truth is, the church has a policy that I've talked about extensively for 10 years plus called better off dead. And I've documented it. I've made a video about it. <clears throat> I've, I've put it all over the place. And so, I mean, it's clearly documented that the church believes that, you know, if you're immoral, which a gay person would be considered immoral by the church, then you're better off dead. So do I think that the hierarchy actually cares that children or parents of children or friends might kill themselves over this policy? No, I don't think they care even a little bit. I do not believe that these men have a conscience. I do not believe that they're good guys. People refer to them as lovely and wonderful. They're not. Uh, you know, I mean, these guys are despicable, and they literally have no morals and no values, and, and so they don't care what the consequences are of their hate and their bigotry. They never have. Why would they, you know? And so that's, that's what concerns me, you know, is the impact that it's going to have, and, and it worries me a lot. Um, it's probably already had an impact, as I mentioned. So, I mean, let's just hope that we can try to help those people and reach out to them. And, you know, I'm, I've uh, got a couple of people I'm talking to about creating some different, uh, you know, support type groups. And I'm hoping that this show will be a, a support for these people that feel so alone and have nowhere to go. And, you know, that they can maybe call in whenever they need to and, and share what they're going through and what their experiences are. Um, anyway, it's, you know, and then you have the whole argument about uh, policy. It's a policy. It's not a doctrine. It's a policy. Well, really, it's, it's just a policy. The First Presidency has signed a letter confirming it. Uh, you know, to me, there is no difference between a policy and doctrine. Where do the policies come from? They come from the doctrine. The doctrine creates the policies. The policies enforce the doctrine. They're one and the same. They go hand in hand. So you cannot separate these and say, well, it's just a policy, so there's a good chance that that will change. Well, what isn't a policy then? So is everything in the church a policy? So what's doctrine? 
I mean, there's doctrine and there's policies, policies and doctrine. To me, they're just all one and the same. I mean, the blacks not having the priesthood and being cursed and banned until 1978, that's just a policy? Really, a policy until 1978. No, that was doctrine. That was doctrine. And it wasn't taught. See, that's the funny thing is it's not being taught as a policy. It's being taught as this is what the church believes. And what is the whole purpose of the plan of salvation? A man and a woman. The proclamation of the family. This is not policy, folks. This is doctrine. The church's doctrine has not changed. And, and when it appeared that they were becoming uh, more compassionate and understanding to the gay community, I was the one out there saying, you guys are being duped. You're being fooled. They are not being more compassionate. They are not being more tolerant. They hate gay people. They hate all of them, and they always will. And they do, and they've just proven it. So, I mean, if anyone has any doubt, just look at this policy. They don't care what the repercussions are. They couldn't care less. So, it's just interesting, you know. Um, but, yeah, you know, and, and then there's, you know, the people that want to change the church from within. And, you know, hey, more power to you, but it's just not going to happen. Whenever there's been a major change in the church, it's not come from within. It's generally come from outside pressure to basically you know change something because they're going to lose their tax exempt status like the, with the blacks and the priesthood uh they're being uh, they're, there's rallies being held against them there's protests it's things like that it's it's very rarely the people within the church and maybe I'm not thinking of examples where people in the church have made the change but in my opinion it's just not it's not very likely and so I really think you're wasting your time. I know you might feel valiant in doing it, and, and that's fine. You can do whatever you want, but I'm just saying you're wasting your time because they're not gonna, they're not gonna just, you know. I mean, look at the women's movement for, you know, with Kate Kelly and, and everything. I mean, how's that? How's that worked out? You know, have they changed anything yet? Oh, women got to pray in, in general conference. Wow, for the first time in 2013, women got to pray in general conference. I mean, are we supposed to celebrate that? Are they heroes? Because after all those years, they finally let women pray in general conference. I mean, women couldn't pray in sacrament until 1978. Are we supposed to pat them on the back and say, oh, thank you for convincing your sexist God to let women pray? What a, what wonderful guys you are. You know, and then they want to be heroes because of blacks in the priesthood, because why? They convinced their racist God to change his mind. <laughs> you know, it just becomes ridiculous after a while. So, I mean, they don't deserve any credit whatsoever. For anything they're just bending to the pressures of what's going on but you know I was talking to demon earlier and we were saying that the odds of of this ever changing are are very unlikely and like he was mentioning I mean it's the core of what the church is like they can never how could they ever give up this doctrine of, of it has to be a man and a woman because it would unravel everything that they've ever taught and been and so I just don't believe that it's ever going to change, and you can bang your head on the wall. And I mean, this if this policy didn't prove it, I don't know what, what could. I mean, it's pretty obvious to me that, you know, that's the way it is. Oh, and, and just real quick, I wanted to mention, uh, it's, you know, mandatory, right? It's mandatory. Um, and I'll be, I'll be taking your calls here in just a couple of minutes. I see some of you calling in. But, you know, this whole thing about it's mandatory, to have a court if you're in a gay relationship is just unbelievable uh, because they're comparing you know and every, I keep people people keep saying that they're comparing the people in a gay relationship to people that 
uh, you know, have committed murder or attempted murder and rape, and they've beat their spouse. And I mean, there's a whole list of things that that may require a court, but the things that that make it mandatory are, for example, being in a gay relationship. I mean, it's just absolutely unbelievable. And so they're not comparing people to those people. They're actually making them worse than those people. So if you've committed or you've attempted murder or you've abandoned your family or you beat the hell out of somebody or uh, you've raped somebody. Oh, and by the way, it says forcible rape. What other kind of rape is there? I mean, what an embarrassment that is. Yeah, forcible rape. Oh, you mean the one where the women, the woman or the women aren't responsible? The one, you know, where they, they, you know, showed their shoulders and so it's kind of their fault too. Is that what they're talking about? So forcible rape, you know, they're, they're, you know, putting out the caveat that it's got to be forcible, you know. And so they're actually making people in a gay relationship worse than those people. It's just absolutely incredible. And I have no idea how this organization can even exist or have anyone that believes in it in 2015 when they're saying people in a gay relationship or apostates in general are worse than attempted murderers and rapists and you know abusers and I mean it's just beyond me so go figure you know but uh <clears throat> anyway that's kind of what I had to talk about tonight um but I will I'll go ahead and take your calls now so for those of you that want to call in go ahead and call in again I've seen you guys calling in sorry I couldn't take your call I just wanted to finish what I was saying but we're about half an hour into the show so I will go ahead and take your calls so um I just hope that, uh, you know, there's a way to, to help these people, you know, before they think that there's no hope, because there is hope. There is. So, anyway, I just, uh, I mean, how do you compare people, you know? I mean, I just want to get it right, you know? I just want to say, look, they're not comparing them. They're making them worse, you know? if you So if you're in a gay legal marriage, you are considered worse. The court is mandatory for you, and you know you're going to get excommunicated. What are the odds you won't? You are worse than a rapist. I mean, <laughs> just let that sink in for a minute. Worse than a rapist. Wow. All right, I got somebody calling in here, so I will go ahead and uh, take your call here, and we'll see uh, who we got. Hello, you are live on the air. Hello, Samuel. This is Dr. Shades calling. Hey, how are you? I'm doing fantastic, and the reason I'm calling is I just want to be the, uh, I wanted to capture the honor of being the very first person to call your uh, <laughs> call your uh, live talk show. Well, hey, I appreciate that. It's an honor to have you. I'm glad that you are the first caller. I really appreciate it. Oh, well, thank you very much. You know, um, as I tuned in tonight, I, wasn't, I really wasn't surprised at the uh, subject matter, considering how timely it is. Right. Yeah, oh, yeah, <laughs> but, absolutely. Uh, but I've kind of got my own take on this whole thing. Okay. Um, yeah, my take is that uh, the only thing that I find to be surprising is that anybody's surprised. <laughs> I agree. I mean, yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you talk. About, I mean, I've seen lots and lots of people who have uh, put in their resignations or have said that, said that they are going to resign or whatever because that this is just a new low and that um, you know the church is targeting children or it's. Um, you know, right. setting up children for failure or whatever. But the thing is, when has the church not done whatever it needs to do to advance its own agenda? Yeah, that's true. That's a good point. You know, look, look at the, the church's entire track record for the past, you know, 180 80 years or so. I yeah. mean, when... It, the, 
when the church has uh, decided that it needs to go a certain direction or do a certain thing, who has been safe? I mean, who has not been thrown under the bus? <laughs> you know, should the church require it? Right. No, you're, you're right on. Have they stopped anything? Have they shown scruples up until now? No. No, they're you know, they're vicious. From the very beginning, though. Yeah, I mean they're they're vicious yep. to to like you said to carry out their agenda whatever it may be and it, to me it's an agenda of hate and bigotry and I mean they just they they will do whatever they have to do to make sure that they accomplish their goal whatever that goal is. Yeah, you're right on. I, yeah. So, yeah, this is just a theory of mine. So I have no idea whether it's true or not, but um in my humble opinion, I think that uh, the church learned a lot of hard lessons from the uh, Proposition 8 fiasco in California. Right. So I think that they were actually surprised at the amount of internal dissent they got. Hmm. You know, of course, yeah. from their own members. I think and so, too. So, yeah, so perhaps they uh, decided to institute this policy in order to weed out or otherwise uh, convince people to leave who are friendly or have uh, positive interactions with gay people. You know what? You, so, I mean, you're, you're yeah. saying exactly what... What I've been saying, I mean, you probably haven't seen me say it, and I haven't seen you say it, but that's what I've been saying, too, is that they basically want to uh, get rid of the troublemakers, get rid of the people that are causing problems, and and just, like you said, weed them out, you know, the wheat and the tares, and and uh, basically clear out. I mean, I figured out the other day, you know, if they could keep a million active members paying their tithing, they were paying, 50, or, you know, they were making 50000 a year on average, and they were paying $5,000 a year. They could still pull in five billion dollars a year off of a million members that stayed active. Um, you know, it's a lot of money. I mean, it's still a lot of money. Yeah, you know, and so you make a good point. Mm-hmm. You know, I'm just saying well, I, that. I, you know, they could. I mean, they, if they lost, you know, two million members over this, but they kept two million members. Well, you know, they're probably still pulling in, you know, eight billion, ten billion dollars a year plus all of their other stuff they have where they're making money. So, you know, I think at some point they might just be cutting their losses. Basically, is what you're saying too. And just saying, hey, let's just keep the diehards and get rid of the rest. Maybe. I don't know. Uh, that's sort of my impression, too. Yeah. And if that's really the case, and if they just want to quit, if they want to head off any future internal dissent at the past, yeah. you know, the next time they want to roll out whatever anti-gay <laughs> uh, policy or um, move they feel like making, you know, why not get rid of anybody right now right. who might grow up to be sympathetic to people who uh, are... Mm. in homosexual lifestyles or something like that. Hey, that way they can yeah. roll out whatever agenda they wish and there'll be no dissent, hey, no backlash. Absolutely. You know what? That's that's right. I mean, and that would be that would make sense as to why they're they're getting rid of the children now. Uh, do you really think they believe that many of those children at 18 years old are going to be like, hey, I want to get in the church now? I mean, what are the odds after 18 years of being hated and despised and basically excommunicated that the children are going to want to join? And plus the conditions that they and the conditions they laid out for the children having to join are preposterous. I mean, they have to basically, you know, renounce their their one of their parents or both parents, and and then move out. You know, if they're living with them. I mean, it's like I think they know that that's not going to happen very often. So, I think so too. And I think that's, of course, you know, people are complaining that uh, this is what's going to be the effect. But I think the church leaders probably anticipated that this would be the effect. You know, rather than it being some kind of, um, you know, children falling away from the church being some kind of um, bad side effect, I think that the church is banking on exactly this sort of thing happening. Yeah, I think and you're I think right. they wanted it to happen. Yeah, I know. And I, and I don't, the, why are more people, I, I don't know why more people aren't uh, seeing it the way we are. Because, I mean, that's how I see it, too. I just, I'm kind of uh, at a loss for what I'm hearing. Um I'm confused. Okay. I don't know why more people well, aren't <laughs> hearing this, you know? I mean, yeah, that's a good point. well, I'm just saying, you that's know, I, I mean, like I said, I was saying for years, you know, when the gay community was kind of cozying up to the hierarchy and 
doing photo ops with them and saying, hey, everything's going good and they're becoming more understanding and tolerant. And I was the one, and you probably were too, going, no, they're not. I mean, it's not happening. Uh, basically, they were, I said, you're being, you're being fooled. You're being duped and they're going to pull the rug out at some point. And they did. And uh, I mean, I, I don't want to say I told you so, but I'm just saying it just seemed obvious to me that that was what was going on and that at some point they were going to, you know, do that. So I don't know. What, yeah, do, you, what well, do you think? If you uh, have been thinking the same thing, then I guess I'm kind of a Johnny come lately to this party. <laughs> I think I'm not as unique as I thought I was, darn it. <laughs> well, yeah, no, I mean, I'm glad there's somebody else out there like me. I mean, my, my friend Demon Kolov, he feels the same way. You feel the same way. So you're not alone. And it's good to know that there are other people out there thinking that because I, mean, I was just kind of going, uh, do they really believe that they're like on their side now and that everything is good? And, <laughs> you know, I, I was just, it was surprising to me, but I knew that they were going to pull something. But I mean, this was a surprise though. I mean, t- to this extent that they went this far, I think it was fairly surprising, well, you know? Well, you talk about uh, going to this extent, but I think it needs to be uh, mentioned that they probably did not anticipate this kind of, you know, backlash so right. soon with this magnitude. <laughs> yeah. They probably expected a nice, slow, even rollout with only a few a few people look, looking at the policy and a few people um, applying it as needed, but they probably never in a million years dreamed that it would, you know, hit the national airwaves I... know, within, the, within less than 24 hours. <laughs> yeah, well, I, I know <laughs> I... Well, they didn't expect it to be leaked. I mean, number one, they're still naive. Their their arrogance uh, and their naive naiveness is uh, amazing because they really. I mean, three people. I I guess leaked it to John Delin. He said there were three, and so they've got three people on the inside that leaked this. You know, and so it's like, who are they? I mean, they don't even know who their own moles are. They got people on the inside, and so because it was in the private bishop's handbook that wasn't supposed to be seen. And we weren't supposed to know it unless you're a bishop or in the bishopric. And so the fact that somebody would leak it so quickly is, uh, yeah, I'm sure that caught him off guard. And then, like you said, the reaction was just, uh, well, and then it hit every major, you know, newspaper channel. I mean, it was like worldwide, <laughs> you know, in 24 hours. And, it was, and yeah, they didn't see that coming. They didn't, they didn't expect that. They weren't prepared for that. <laughs> no, and plus the, uh, the whole interview they did with, uh, you know, uh, Elder Christopherson and uh, Mike Otterson, I mean, yeah. to let you know that somebody must have had their heads reeling. Oh, yeah. <laughs> oh, I yeah. Mean, when have they ever come out with a st- an official statement such that it was this quickly? I mean, I've never seen it happen. No, no. I mean, not only that, but a press conference. I mean, an actual press conference, like, overnight, boom. Um, you know, and, and I think that, yeah, they were, they were caught off guard. I, I think it's a combination of, uh, well... Like I said, they didn't expect it to be leaked, and then they're pretty arrogant, and and they just thought that they could keep it under wraps, you know. But it hit, hit and boom, the whole world exploded. Yeah, <laughs> yeah, that it did, you know. It's kind of interesting. I think that they were all raised in the era wherein they could do and say whatever they wanted, yeah, and they could get away with it, right? You know, and nobody would know, especially not the media. Well, I keep saying, so they do they know that we have the internet? I mean, I'm trying to figure out if they realize that yet. I mean, we're not in the 70s or 80s or the 50s. It's like. 2015 and we have an internet and we have you know news that goes like global in two seconds and uh, I, I don't think they figured that out yet maybe not but uh, somebody made the point that they probably weren't bank you know internet or not they might not have been banking on one of their own one of their own bishops turning traitor and feeding Berlin with information yeah no I, I agree with you on that completely yeah absolutely 
and the fact that there were three of them that might be a little bit uh, unnerving for the hierarchy. Who yeah, knows? yeah, no, I <laughs> I agree absolutely. So even despite the fact that we have an internet, like you mentioned, maybe they thought they could keep it under wraps anyway because you know no bishop or state president would ever would ever dream of leaking this information to an apostate. Right. Putting it their way of thinking. Well, with uh, this many wards and this many stakes, you know, chances are there's going to be somebody who's disgruntled or, uh, I don't know, who wants to, who wants the truth to be known or, or whatever. Yeah. Well, and they could even have... Oh, go ahead. Yeah, I mean, uh, with a church this big and with this many wards and stakes, yeah. you've got to figure there's going to be a mixed bag. It's not going to all be homogenous. They've lost control. I mean, they, they don't have the control they used to have. And, you know, it could even be like the uh, the children of a bishop or, you know, anyone that has access to this type of information, you know, it could be anybody. And so I don't know how they'd ever figure out who it was. And, and it, it's pretty obvious that they got a problem, <laughs> you know, that they're, they're not going to be able to resolve anytime soon because they don't know who it is. I mean, but, you know, should they really be surprised? I mean, they're the same ones that call, uh, you know, bishops that end up, you know, being pedophiles or molesting children or... You know, it's all supposed to be done by the spirit of discernment that these men are called by, and then they end up doing terrible things or Ponzi schemes and defrauding people of millions of dollars. And and so uh, you would think that at some point they might realize that they've called people to be bishops or state presidents that are, you know, not going to be good guys or loyal to them or, you know. You'd think they'd figure that out, but um, <laughs> I guess, I, I, don't, I, I don't know. I mean, I don't know how they justify those type of things. Like, how do they... I would love to know their opinion on that, you know, like, well, how, you know, why would you think that that wouldn't happen, you know, since, anyway. <laughs> well, maybe they bank on it happening sooner or later, but maybe they just thought that, uh, that this loyal element wouldn't be this loyal this fast. Yeah, that, that could be. <laughs> they thought that'd be like a grace period. Yeah, no, you're right. They probably because, thought they'd have time to prepare for, you know, what might come down the road or whatever, but it was, like, because, right away. <laughs> let's say, you know, if even so, you think that... Um, Perhaps, uh, oh gosh, wasn't a train of thought here, but um, they would, um, oh gosh, what was I going to say? As far as the grace period is concerned. Yeah, that, um, that they would have time to prepare? Or? Yeah, oh gosh, I can't, can't remember what I was going to say. I, I know that feeling. I'm ruining your talk to your doctor. Hey, it, no, it's fine. I've actually. If I can backtrack a little bit to something we talked about yeah, earlier. Sure, absolutely. Yeah, um, we talked about the fact that the only thing that's surprising is that anybody is surprised. Right. You understand if some, um, you know, true believers are shocked by this, and if they're being, you know, if they're kind of thrown for a loop. But the real, I mean, not to disparage any of my, you know, ex-Mormon brothers and sisters, but the real surprising thing is the shock and the uh, dismay from people who actually know the church's history. Yeah. Or, you know, maybe even ex-Mormons themselves, and who are familiar with all these issues. Because, you know, is this or is this not just business as usual? Right. <laughs> you know? Yeah, oh, no, I mean... But what has, what has changed? I mean, a, a, a true believing Mormon being shocked and amazed by this, that's one thing. But an ex-Mormon being shocked and amazed, that really, that throws me something. Well, how about an ex-Mormon saying that this new policy shows that they have uh, compassion, integrity, and, you know, honesty? I mean, uh, that's, that's uh, pretty amazing to me, too. <laughs> So, I'm not going to oh, name. Oh, yeah. that's good. What's that? Yeah, that's good. You when you, talk, when you say that um, you're talking about the ex-Mormon community having honesty and honor and, and integrity. No, I'm talking about the, someone in the ex-Mormon community saying that this policy oh. proves oh. that 
that the first presidency and the and you know the big 15 have honesty and you know integrity and compassion i mean i'm confused you know i mean yeah exactly just look at the way they uh treat missionaries or, or what they do about missionaries who have passed away oh yeah field. yeah you know and like what they don't do you know, so, and like just look at the accommodations that missionaries in like let's say argentina which is you don't want to get me started on that one (laughs) well you know how i feel how passionate i am about that i mean yeah i'm going to definitely oh yeah you have an entire website dedicated to missionaries who have passed away right yeah and i mean um, i'll do many shows on missions believe me i will so good good but me i served in japan and so i was really really lucky we had no you could you could drink the tap water you know there was there were no problems we had none of those horror stories that um you folks that served in like in South America or maybe Africa had yeah. to deal with. So, but still, just hearing the horror stories of folks that had to serve in places like that with them, um, you know, open sewers, no running water, no hot or cold water. It's just amazing that a church that is this wealthy wouldn't be able, wouldn't just um, you know spend a few extra bucks, you know, just probably just a drop from that bucket yeah. and provide decent living accommodations for its missionaries. <laughs> You know? Oh, I know. That's that blows, how, blows me away. They can afford it, can they not? Yeah. How hard would it be to to, to just have purified water for the missionaries? You know, I mean, is, and just ship it in or whatever. Yeah, I mean, is that and asking too that, much? <laughs> exactly. Like uh, the church is building a certain uh, some kind of a housing development in Florida, and I'm sure you yes. know a lot more about than I do, right? Yeah. Oh, yeah. It's yeah. for five hundred thousand people. Okay, five hundred thousand people. Now, now let's see. Um, that's 500,000 people. That equals 250,000 missionary couples, right? Yeah. And there aren't people you that in the world. <laughs> and lots of places you can build decent housing for a lot cheaper than you can in Florida. Right. So the church could build housing for every single last one of its missionary couples. You yeah. know? Yeah. So these missionaries don't come home with, um, you know, intestinal parasites and other, you know, lifelong illnesses and whatnot. Right. But they're not doing that. No. <laughs> they don't care. I mean, the girl that just died of E. coli in Argentina earlier this year, that should never happen, you know? And what's the first thing they do? They they give her a blessing. and I mean, she doesn't go to the hospital. No, no. They they have the missionaries come over and give her a blessing and anoint her with oil. And, and then guess what? She gets sicker and sicker, and then they get her to the hospital, and oops, too late. She's dead. Uh, it's oh, gosh. horrible. What a, what a nightmare. Yeah. Well, I, 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 may be an, I may be an ex-mormon myself. But, you know, I was a missionary, and I even extended for a month, so I got there longer than most. So right. even now, I feel a certain kinship with missionaries, you know. Oh, yeah. I, I, I kind of feel a certain affinity for the missionary program. I, it still captures my interest. Right. So when I hear about missionaries suffering and having health problems or undergoing these, uh, you know, horrific trials like they are, it, it still affects me. It oh, it does. <laughs> it, it devastates me. I mean, her poor family, and then they had to... Uh, they had to create a, a page on GoFundMe or you know one of those funding pages to uh, raise enough money to get the parents down to Argentina because she was still alive at that point. And then they had to raise money for her, uh, you know, to bring her body home. I mean, and then the church finally yeah, stepped just... stepped in and covered it, but it was only after they were publicly shamed. Um, I think I might have had something to do with that because <laughs> I went a little. Yeah, I mean, I went a little crazy on them on Twitter and let everybody know, you know, what was happening. So, yeah, I mean, probably the the um, the most polite adjective I can give the whole situation is unacceptable. Oh yeah, I mean, so that, for for a church that has that is able to afford a five hundred thousand dollar, I mean, a five, sorry, a five hundred thousand 
um, uh, home living space, community, yeah. city. whatever. It's a basic city. <laughs> They're building a city. <laughs> and, you know, a church that can afford to build a city, and they can't afford to, you know, fly some parents out to the, you know, the, yeah. to the place where their daughter is eating. They, can, they can't afford to fly the body home. I know. And that is just it's horrible. I mean, it, it's like, uh, well, I guess she didn't finish her mission, you know, so you know how it works, you know, if you don't finish your mission, uh, dead or alive, uh, I guess you got to pay for your ticket home, you know, I mean, isn't that, Oh yeah. <laughs> that's the policy, oh, gosh. That's the, oh my gosh, yeah, I mean, it's just so horrible that you can't even comprehend it, really, I mean, it's just absolutely you know, beyond comprehension, it really is, I mean, it's just, yeah, exactly, so my whole point in bringing up the whole missionary thing, I mean, I'm not, Believe it or not, I had a point with all this. Okay. And that's just to say that if um, if the church can be this callous and this uncaring toward its own missionaries, yeah. then why would it be any more caring or um, compassionate towards its children? Right. Oh, yeah. It yeah. has a track record. They like, don't care. They don't care. I mean, our, our missionaries, just like children, our missionaries are our missionaries not vulnerable. They're doing it oftentimes in a, in a brand new country with, uh, with an unknown language in a brand new culture, maybe even away from their parents for the first time, I mean, right. aren't they to, to some degree vulnerable just like, you know, children are? Oh, yeah. Well, I, I, I mean, look, there's an example of, uh, I don't know if you heard about, I think his name's Peter Mon, but he was serving a mission in Mexico, and this was uh, a year or two ago, I think it was maybe a couple years ago, and anyway, he ended up dead. Um, his companion wasn't there. He'd left or something, and he ended up having, he had like a, he had his hands tied and a bag over his head, and he was dead. And a, the first thing they reported that he was murdered. And, and then it came out that, oh, wait, he committed suicide. And I'm going, wait, he committed suicide? And they had the picture, and I guess it showed his hands tied in the bag. I mean, I'm going, you know, did he put the bag on his head before or after he tied his hands? I mean, I mean, really? And and so I had put up a I, he, they, there's a tribute to him on YouTube and I'd posted it on one of my sites and his mother contacted me and said, can you please take that down because, you know, uh, there's a lot of people in the family. I mean, I, she goes, I don't care that you have it on there, but there's a lot of people in the family that would. But she was his mother, and she said, I still don't know what happened, and the church would oh. would would not tell her. They would not talk to her about it. They basically cut off the mom and they had his funeral. And to this day, she does not know what happened to her son. The church knows because they sent investigators down there to figure it out, but they have never contacted her or talked to her at all about why or how her son died. I mean, that just that should tell you something. I mean, that's straight from the mom, you know? <laughs> so yeah, that, that, uh, that tells me a whole lot, but uh, it also tells me that you know way more about going to with the LDS church than I do. <laughs> <laughs> well, I've probably been a little, uh, uh, I don't know, a little... Uh, too involved, maybe more than I should have been all these years, but it's just, uh, you know, it's just been something that I can't seem to leave alone because I want to, I want to expose it and I want to help people. And so, you know, I mean, I've taken some breaks over the years, but I seem to always find some, something like that. And then, you know, next thing I know, the mom's contacting me and, uh, you know, it was like, wow, what's going on here? And anyway, <laughs> but that was really a tragic, tragic situation. And, and to this day, you know, she doesn't even know what happened to her son. And she's like talked about she you know cries herself to sleep at night and 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 can she call the church and find out what happened? No, she can't because they're not going to tell her because why? They probably don't want to be sued. 
they're probably afraid of liability. You know, that's all they care about is the money, the bottom line, always. You know, so. Do you think there's a chance that she could contact the Mexican authorities and they might be able to fill her in somewhat? I don't know. You know, I haven't talked to her for a while, but I probably ought to email her again and just say, you know, have you ever heard anything? And maybe I'll suggest that to her that, you know, the Mexican authorities might do it. But I hate to be conspiracy theorist here, but, you know, the church probably took care of that. I don't know. I'm just saying. Oh, I, I, hope, I hope it's not that bad. <laughs> I, I hope not. But I mean, I know that the picture, they had his picture posted on a newspaper of actually like mm-hmm. him dead. And that picture came down on the article was scrubbed. And so it basically doesn't even exist at this point. It's as oh if it, gosh. it's as if it never happened. And you know, the, you know, the site they have on mormon.org where they put everybody's pictures up and, you know, they bear their, they have their testimonies and stuff. Oh, yeah, yeah. And, well, he was on, he was on there and like the same day that he died, that was taken down immediately. And so it's, it's, really? a, yeah, it's as if he didn't even exist. I mean, they've just basically scrubbed everything about this guy. And that's why I wanted to post the tribute to him. Uh, but you know, cause it's over on YouTube and anyway, it, it was, she was really upset and she was in a bad place, you know? And so we worked it out. She was really angry with me. Uh, but then, you know, we, we worked it out because I didn't, I mean, I wasn't trying to cause any harm or heartache or problems. I just wanted him to be noticed, you know, I mean, that he was alive and he died on his mission for the church, you know, so. Ah, boy, you know, it's a really sad state of affairs when um, an ex-Mormon, an apostate, yeah. cares more about this guy's life and legacy than the church for which he exactly. gave his life yes. to spread the word about. Yes, it's very what sad. Well, I mean, for years, I was the only person that had a, uh, and I'm still one of the only people that has like a missionary, you know, memoriam uh, for the missionaries that have died. I mean, I'm still like a lot of people use me as the source when they create theirs and they link to mine and say, you know, that this guy's an apostate and he's an ex-Mormon and blah, blah, blah. And that's fine. Uh, But yeah, like you just said, I mean, isn't that a sad statement that I was the one to do it and to put it all together and basically honor fallen missionaries which, you know, they've never done. They, I mean, there's no monument, there's no memorial, there's nothing. Because, like we've said, they don't care. They just don't care. And so, mm. it's very sad. Very sad. You said it. They don't care. And those are the key words to remember when we talk about this new policy. Exactly. They don't care. No, they don't. They don't. And that's why I was really shocked when, you know, because the church is saying that they're doing it to protect the children. But if they were really going to protect the children, they wouldn't say, oh, but keep coming to church, you know, keep coming to church and and uh, go to your meetings and hang out with your church friends, basically. And, you know, why would they if they really were worried about screwing up the kid or causing a conflict with the parents or whatever, why would they continue to tell the children to come to church, even though they can't be a member of the church? And so, you know, to me, that's a no brainer. So there you go. Well, you know, Samuel, I mean, uh this is your uh, very first night doing this uh, call, call-in talk show, and so I've, I've monopolized way too much of the time. <laughs> I, I better let somebody else get at least a word in edgewise before you have to wrap up the show. Well, hey, I, I appreciate that. And call in any time. I would love to have you anytime you want. Uh, I'll probably extend the show a little bit tonight. Uh, my uh, buddy, Demon of Co-op, has been trying to call in, so I think I'll go ahead and take his call. And uh, But, hey, thank you very much. And, uh, you know... Thank you, thank you for having me. I do appreciate it. Hey, no so problem. Good luck with it. Hey, thank you. I'm excited. Yeah. And, you know, if you can announce it over there in Mormon Discussions, that would be awesome. I mean, I would really... It's already done. Hey, cool. Already done before I even called. <laughs> hey, thanks so much, man. You're the best. I mean, I appreciate all that you've done, so... No problem. Have a great night. Okay, Bye-bye. you too. Thanks.
All right, so our first caller is Dr. Shades. And uh, Demon of Kolob, I know you're out there. I know you've been trying to call me, so go ahead and call me now. Call in, and uh, you can come on, and we'll, uh, I'm going to extend the show tonight a little bit just so we can get some more calls in. It is the first show, so let's go ahead and get as many people to call in as we can. I've received a lot of messages and stuff, but, you know, Dr. Shades, he's a he's a great guy, and he was one of the people that really helped me uh, 10 years ago, and so it's very fitting that he called in the show tonight. Now, yep, Demon of Co-op's calling in, so let me uh, get that here. Are you there? Yeah. All right. Hey, if you can turn down your uh, background noise, that'd be awesome. Yeah, turn okay. it up down now. All right. Awesome. Yeah, it was pretty cool. I'm sorry I couldn't take your call. I was talking to Dr. Shades, and I just wanted to finish that up. And uh, but uh, I was just explaining. You know, ten years ago, he really helped me. I mean, he was uh, one of the first people interviewed on the Church Is Not True, and so to me, it goes back to you know like the origins of you know of everything. I yeah. mean, it's like. Pretty cool to have you on here, Dr. Shays. I mean, hey, that's cool. <laughs> so, anyway, you're on the air, so um, I appreciate you calling in. Okay, so, yeah, first show. Yes, uh, the uh, premiere of Ex Mormon Live. It's good to have have it have it going. I mean, I, I've been preparing for it for months, as you know, so it's it's good to finally get it done, you know, and get out there. And, yeah, so. too bad. Too bad the church hasn't done anything lately that there is to talk about. <laughs> yeah, I picked a really bad time to start a, a daily talk show, didn't I? Yeah. <laughs> yeah. I don't know what yeah, to talk there's, about. <laughs> there's nothing the church has done this month that anybody's talking about. Oh, no, not at all. No, no. Can't, I can't yeah. think of anything really offhand. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> it, I mean, it's crazy. I mean, Dr. Yeah. Shade made some great points, you know. I mean... You know, and the bottom line is, I mean, like you said, if they don't care about the missionaries, you know, who are out there, you know, busting their asses 24-7 for the church for two years, well, or, you know, why would they care about the gay people or their kids? I mean, great point, you know? Well, we talked about it, and their actions, you know, you went over it. It's obvious they don't really care that much about the missionaries. Right. They don't. They're disposable. Yeah, they are. They they literally are. I mean, if you die, they just plug in somebody else. Nothing changes. Nothing yeah. stops. I mean, do they stop the missionary work for a day? Do they, you know, I mean, that's a good point. You know, like, say somebody dies on the mission. Do they, like, tell all the missionaries, hey, you know what? Don't work today or don't work this week. Just, you know, take time to, you know. In honor. No, here's how it goes. Skip the preparation day. Work twice as hard to honor so-and-so's memory. Oh, and forget that anybody ever died on their mission. It never happened. Oh, yeah. Even though it happens all the time. Right. Well, like, uh, there was one example I talked about, I don't know, a year or so ago, where uh, a missionary's, I think it was her dad that died. Or no, it was her grandpa. It was her grandpa died. Uh, somewhere, I think it was over in Chile. Anyway, her her grandpa died, and so they had to let her know that her grandpa died. And so to make everything better for her, they brought her some cinnamon rolls. And I thought, wow, that was a really nice touch, you know. Uh poor girl just lost her grandpa and you brought her cinnamon rolls so everything's okay now <laughs> yeah I mean that's the mentality that they have it's just absolutely mind boggling I mean but it's it's because they just don't they don't give a damn they just don't care you know um, yeah it's so, like oh a parent dies while you're on your mission don't come home oh no of course not 
Well, in the PBS documentary, I mean, what was it? You know, the bishop or the I think it was the bishop came over to the missionary's house. His uh, his mom died and put a note on the door. You know, uh, your mom died. Call home. I mean, there you go. I mean, that's that's a good way to handle it. Hey, hey, dude. Uh, you know, uh, your mom died. Call home. Yeah. No big deal, right? I mean, it, it's just I don't know how people uh, can hear this and go, oh, okay, well, you know, the church is is true and. And these are wonderful guys. They're lovely and and uh, full of integrity and and you know they're just yeah. great guys. It's like seriously, yeah. Wow, you need help. Yeah, I know. Yeah, it's like just leaves the note. Your mom's eyes called home. It's like not waiting around to think. Oh, maybe they might need some counseling or some help. Yeah, exactly. Like serious yeah, it's help. Right now, that really kind of seems personally. Well, and, and how about this? I mean, wouldn't it be nice if they could go to the funeral? <laughs> That's not going to happen. Yeah. And he didn't go to the funeral, you know. And and the dad actually said that he told his son not to come to the funeral. And, and oh, so, yeah, the whole family has told him, stay out on your mission. Yeah. The stupid busy work you're doing bothering people is more important than being there for your family and saying farewell. Right. Forever let it haunt you that when you find out that this cult is false and true, Yeah. Won't you be so glad that you ignored it all to stay on your mission instead of going home when your mom was sick and maybe getting to see her last one last time? I know. Well, and then you have that case that we talked about a while back where the missionary did come home, but they only let him come home for, I think, seven hours. And his mom was, like, literally on her deathbed. And so they actually, I don't know why, but they let him come home. But then they let him stay for seven hours, and then they made him go back to the mission. And he had to literally leave his mom before she died, and he couldn't be there for the funeral. I, I mean, yeah. wow, you talk about well, gut-wrenching. Jeez. I can tell you why, because missions suck. Yeah. And if they'd have left, he'd, they, they'd have gotten, he probably was, it probably would have made the press if they'd have kept him from going home and saying farewell. So they let him come home and say farewell just long enough to... Yeah. So they could say they did not let him do it. Well, and that is a rare instance. Normally, they would not even let him come home. But in this case, it was almost worse. I mean, it's almost worse because you sent him home to say goodbye to mom, and then he has to leave her dying in a hospital bed and go back to his mission. I mean... It's like, no, leaving home, letting stay for the funeral. Any any organization with even an ounce of compassion, even (laughs) the military... Right. Yeah, I mean... What would give you leave, even in a immediate wartime to attend your parents' funeral. And maybe he doesn't go back on the mission, but oh well. I mean, maybe he comes home, He's he's he doesn't want to go back, then so be it. But that's not an option. Maybe the family needs him now with, you know, a parent gone, but... Right. Well... No, 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 no. We don't consider that because only... Here's the thing with the church. Only the organization matters. The person is completely disposable. Yes. Absolutely, you're right. Absolutely. Oh, so what if a whole bunch of children going to church are made to feel terrible, and a few may even just maybe can't feel so terrible that they harm themselves? Oh well. Some may even kill themselves. Better off dead. Because of our harsh, brutal policy. Better off dead, baby. And we'll use it. We're protecting the kids as a filthy excuse. Yeah, it is, and and for anyone to actually believe it and say that that we should take them at their word and that they're being honest and that they're compassionate and have integrity. I'm sorry, but uh, I'll talk more about that tomorrow night. But, I mean, 
you're off in la la land and you're actually causing problems you're, you're going to cause harm by saying those things because people are going to actually go okay you know well maybe they people that respect you and you say that they're going to maybe believe it but it's not true it's a lie and so i don't know why you would want to perpetuate that um you know when you know you know that it's not true and so it's uh, yeah. it's upsetting you know but- it's like, how does that protect the children? That's just completely bogus. Yeah, how does it protect like the children? Said before, if they were protecting the children, they would be encouraging them not to come to church. Well, like I was saying earlier, and like we talked about earlier today, yeah, why? Yeah, why would exactly? Why would they continue to encourage them to go to church and to be counseled by them when they've basically been excommunicated? I mean, they can't yeah. even possibly join the church until they're 18 years old anyway. So why would the church want to continue to torment them? By having them come to church if they were so worried about protecting them you know if they have to i mean this is you know it is what it is they hate gay people they hate their children and like you know dr shades was saying and i was agreeing with him i've been we've all said it is that they you know they want to get rid of the the bad baggage you know they just want to cut that loose yeah get, they get figure it out. the gays are they figure the gays are so dangerous and the kids of gays will be sympathetic to their parents so right they just figured they're a lost cause, so they've just written them off. But you know what effectively this new policy does? What's that? It nullifies the Articles of Faith. Oh, yeah, absolutely. Yeah, the one about... Because it's like the number two Article of Faith. We believe that men will be punished for their own sins. And not Adam's transgression, yep. A.K.A. you are only punished for what you do, not what your parents do. Yeah, I mean... I mean, Wrong. do they not get that? Do they not get that? I mean, really? Wow, it's just a moment. That was a big fucking lie all this time. I right. thought they would keep that a secret forever so the people wouldn't know it, but nope. Yeah. Nah. They announced it. Oh, I'm sorry. It was leaked. Yeah, it's it's amazing. Hey, I just wanted to mention, if there's anybody else out there that wants to call in, there was a... Another person that was trying to call in a little while ago. If you want to call in and join us, you're welcome to. Because um, uh, yeah. Demon and I are probably going to... get another call, take it. No. Well, what will happen? I'll uh, call out, but yeah, I just want to say that, you know, I think this puts lie to a lot of the... I mean, to at least the second article of faith. And with that one, we put lie to... It puts lie to, you know, I think the church you have to question them on a whole bunch of other things it's like the most important thing to us is the family eh, we're on yeah yeah unless you're gay you know if you're gay then you know uh, we'll see you when you're 18 and you renounce your family and you move out but you know yeah, <laughs> yeah. but 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 it's all about family families are together forever unless you're gay i mean we need to add unless you're gay at the end of you know every time they say Families are forever. Unless you're gay or you question us. Yeah, or question, right? Yeah. I know. It's absolutely... Because uh, we're, going to, we're going to hold you hostage and a slave for all your money. I mean, just, I'm going to say it, you know. We're not supposed to divulge this big secret, but... Yeah. You know, I feel bad about doing it now. But what did you say in the temple? They blessed the LDS cult with everything you have and everything you will have they'll, they'll take it all they have no i mean they have no when are people going to realize that these men are monsters they're not good guys they're not lovely honest 
guys with integrity and compassion. I mean, these are like some of the most despicable people on the planet Earth. I mean, I I'm sorry, but, uh, you know. <laughs> yes, they're running a corporation. They don't give a damn about you or your family or... I mean, they don't care about anyone but themselves and the corporation. They care about themselves very much. Yeah. And, uh, they care about themselves. They care about the corporation. I mean, the big secret about the church is the only two things I found that they fear are bad PR, for one. Bad, bad PR and loss of revenue. Yep, and loss of revenue. Yep. I mean, why did the blacks finally get the priesthood? Yeah, because it was... It's like... It was... I heard that it actually came to light that the rumor was forever that they were going to lose their tax-exempt status. Right. And I heard lately that somebody uh, brought forth and some declassified papers that they were actually... That was actually in process, that there was actually filing a paperwork. It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, it was becoming pretty serious. I mean, when you're still banning and cursing blacks in 1978 you know the civil rights movement was you know going on in the 50s and you're still banning blacks yeah it's pretty serious you know so yeah that wouldn't yeah, surprise like, me yeah yeah 20 years behind the times and again you know yeah. they're always I mean, and they only probably were that progressive that probably if they hadn't been threatening their tax exempt status it probably would have taken them till 1890 I mean 19 90. Yeah. Or, I mean, I think if they could have gotten away with it, it would still be the case today. I don't think they ever intended to let blacks into the church at any point in time. Oh, I think they did. Really? And some of yeah. the 12 Hinkley wanted to let blacks in. Well, they should have done it. You know, I mean, because, make it happen. Well, <laughs> yeah, well, a couple, like I said, at the time in the early, in the 70s, a couple of the apostles wanted to let blacks in for one simple reason. Money. Money. They yeah. had money too. Why are we denying ourselves their money? Well, I mean, Marky e. Peterson said that he'd let every Negro drive a Cadillac if they could afford it. So, you know. Yeah. <laughs> well, he was. There's a racist one. <laughs> yeah. That's anyway. Yeah. One of the worst talks ever, man. Oh my goodness, that's like. Uh, <laughs> yeah. Unbelievable. <laughs> Jeez. If you mix one blood, one ounce of black blood, I mean, it's like, yeah. wow, you know? And yeah, that's that was crazy. But yeah, it's uh, yeah, yet, it's pretty crazy. Yes, they were having a horrible problem in Brazil where they just built a temple. Oh, yeah. You can't have one drop of nigger blood. Nobody knows. <laughs> All these people are married like crazy. Yeah, not only did they build the temple, but then they weren't going to be able to go to the temple. I mean, it was going to be an empty temple yeah. sitting in Brazil. Because the church found out that everyone had black blood in them. Oops, you know. Oops. So they yeah. had, they had a huge. I mean, they had a catastrophe on their hands. So, it, it, I mean, come on. There was no revelation. Kimball wasn't pouring his heart out in the in the holy of holies, trying to convince a racist no. god to change his mind. I mean, but that's what they want you to believe. They want to be they want to be heroes. You know, like hey, we were the ones that changed the mind yeah. of a racist god, and we made him believe that blacks are you know, worthy of the priesthood now. It's like, I mean, that should be embarrassing right there that you're admitting that your God is yeah. a, a piece of shit, you know, and, and a racist. Yeah. <laughs> so. Well, yeah, here's the inside thing that nobody really knows. Okay. So there was a fight within the 12 about this for a long time. And right. at the time, one of the younger ones who was 
very ambitious was trying to kind of get Black the Bracehead. Yeah. Uh, Gordon B. Hinckley was actually one of the ones leading at the push, not because he was a great humanitarian and cared about denying people their rights. Right. He just thought that it was horrible that we were denying ourselves a huge market. He just wanted to get Africans' money and black people's money. He said, oh, okay, they're making, you know, they've come up in the world. They're making money now. Good point. Yeah. Makes sense. And the other thing is, he was the PR guy, and he knew how bad that the PR hit was. Yeah, if anyone knew, it was Hinckley. I mean, he knew how, and, and it wasn't only that. Oh. It was the protests at BYU. You know, Stanford yeah, wouldn't play him, and sporting different sporting he was events. The other guy, so of the twelve, he was the one who knew how bad this was hurting the church's reputation, and he really cared about that. So, yeah, it was not. It was so he was the one who was pushing it, and a couple of the younger ones were okay for it, but. Most of the 12 were diehard and were just like, no way. And it was finally the threat and the fact that they were going to lose tax-exempt status that got the rest of the 12 to fall in line finally in 78. <laughs> it's amazing. It really is. You know, Hinckley says he was there in the room. I remember him, he gave that talk, uh, I don't know, 10 years ago or so, where he said he couldn't understand where the racial hatred and, you know, he just couldn't understand where any of that was coming from. He was just absolutely, yeah. you know shocked by it I'm like what yeah. like you've been around in this church for how long and you had no idea that there was ever <laughs> racism in the yeah. church wow you're lying aren't you well it was like the racism he didn't understand is <laughs> what's wrong with the black person's money we want yeah. the policy is keeping them from joining the church I want their 20% too well the color of money is green and I don't think they've ever turned that down so they're they're all into the green for sure. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, oh, it's funny. They hate the gays so bad, but if a gay if a gay donates money, I'll bet you what, they'll take it. Oh, yeah. I'm sure they would not turn that down. And they're probably going to tell no. them. I'm surprised they haven't actually come oh. out yet and said, "Hey, for all the kids that are going to have to wait till you're 18, uh, just go ahead and save your tithing, you know, put it aside, and then when you're 18, you can pay us." You know, or, oh, or, and you know what they tell people who have been excommunicated? There is one church privilege they can still get. Pay your tithing. And they're still expected to do. Pay your tithing. We've just done the most horrible, brutal thing that we can because we can no longer get away with killing people. Yeah. Like Margaret Toscano says, it's a, it's a violent act. There's violence in it, you know? Oh, um, it's totally violent. Yeah, being sent to a court of love. And if anybody wants to know where this name came, comes from and what Court of Love means, read 1984 by Orwell. Yeah, yeah, that's... It's analogous to the Ministry of Love. <laughs> Court of Love, yes. Yeah, it's uh, it's amazing. I mean, you did anything but. Yeah, I mean, these people, they, you know, it was like Margaret Toscano explained in the PBS documentary, The Mormons, that, you know, after they excommunicated her, they told her that they, they really liked her and they thought very highly of her and they enjoyed talking to her and then they all wanted to like shake her hand and walk her to the car, you know. I mean, it's like, really? Like, you just excommunicated me. She's like, you just committed a violent act against me. You took yeah. away my eternal well, life and everything and now yeah. you're going to, you know, like, give me a shake my hand and say, man, you're awesome. I mean, that's... I've read 25 <laughs> different stories with about the same thing. Yeah where, you know, these men just rip it apart. And these are written by, you know, men, women, uh, you know, 
young adults. Right. For all different reasons. You know, I read a whole bunch, and Margaret's account of the excommunication and how brutal and damning it is. And it's like these men were just, you know, brutal and were cutting me and everything. And then they want to shake my hand like they're all, we're all friends and everything. And yeah. everybody, you know. You're awesome. Oh, man, that, you're, so, you're such a good sentiment, woman. That sentiment, I've read it time and again. Most of the counts of the excommunications I've read. It's horrible. I mean, it's horrible. And then, and then it got worse for her because you know, since she wasn't a member anymore, when her sister died, she couldn't, uh, she couldn't help you know prepare the body or you know fix her hair or, like her brother-in-law wouldn't let her near her dead sister because she wasn't worthy. I mean, so her pain just went on and on and on, you know. Um, and do you think the church cared? No, of course not. Why would they? You know why would they? I mean, that's well, what. Well, <laughs> they care. They want that kind of. Oh, you're. You know. Well, they yeah they like, they care. Remember, they want. Right. They try to make you feel you're not good. You're not right. You're not. They yeah, that's a good point. So they care, but not in the in the sense that we would generally speak about caring. They they care in the fact that yeah, cool. We really screwed her life I up. I mean, they, you know? they don't care. They're not empathetic at all. Right. Right, and that's they care because they want to be, they want to lure, they want to feel superior, they want every, you know. Well, and what did uh, John DeLynn's granddaughter say on that podcast with John DeLynn? She mentioned that he didn't have any uh, empathy. Uh, not John DeLynn's granddaughter was the apostle's no, granddaughter, ba- right? Oh, yeah, Ballard. Yeah, Ballard and Russell Ballard's, Ballard's granddaughter. granddaughter on John DeLynn's Mormon story. Yeah. Podcast. Oh, I'm sorry. sorry. I thought that's what I said. Sorry. If I said John DeLynn's granddaughter, no, I meant, yeah, Ballard's on John DeLynn's podcast. Um, yeah, I mean, she said and that he had no empathy. She's kind of, she's still a believer, and she's just barely starting to question just recently, and it's this policy that right. made her speak out. Yeah, and I, you know, I meant, to, I meant to talk to Dr. Shades more about that. That was one of the things that slipped my mind was that he'd mentioned that, you know, that basically that this is having a, a, a massive impact on good Mormons that have never questioned before or never even thought the church was false, even they are offended. And that was yeah. one of the main things I think the hierarchy, you know, like like uh, Dr. Shades was saying, that they never had, they, they just didn't see that coming. They didn't expect regular diehard members to be offended by this policy. And so they're, they yeah. were really caught flat-footed and off guard. Oh, and one yeah. other, one oh, other thing, just, just real quick, I meant to, I forgot to mention this earlier, but I was listening to a, uh, I'm trying to think of what show I was. It might have been a, one of John DeLynn's podcasts, but they were talking about how the PR department, it appears that the PR department of the church was not even notified about this. Like, they they were caught flat-footed, too. Like, they didn't even know anything about this policy until it came out, and so they were finding out about it the same way everybody else was, and that's that's pretty amazing. <laughs> they, I mean, they didn't even tell it their own... It was not meant to be publicly released. Right, and so the PR and the department... The PR nothing. department knew nothing about it just shows. Right. This was a policy to be implemented, and it was just supposed to be in place for a long time. Yeah. And, you know, it's unthinkable that a bishop, you know, or a state president would ever leak this information. Oh, I know. Yeah, we were. T- I don't know if you it heard us. Did you hear us talking about that? I mean, it was it was pretty funny. You know, we were like, you know, <laughs> it yeah. Was... It took a day, and it took one day after this release for five different people to leak it to John Delitt. Right. Oh, yeah. One day. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I think it was three. It might have been. Yeah. There might have been more, but yeah. Yeah. It, it was. Yeah. And I wonder how many leaked it to Quinn, and how many leaked it to you know 
Oh yeah, it was probably getting leaked all over the place. John DeLynn was just the well, first one to like, come out and tell us, you know. Yeah. It's like, do they ever read their own scriptures, you know? Yeah, I know. I mean... Have they ever read the Book of Mormon about, you know, the whole thing about deeds done in secret and secret combinations? And yeah. Your, your day of justice will come and your secret acts will be revealed? Obviously not. Well, I'm just trying to figure out what what it's going to take for people. I mean, what will they have to actually do? I mean, they're going to have to like murder people in the streets. I mean, what would it take for people to realize what's going on here? That's not going to get, that's not going to make everybody leave the church. Even that wouldn't, right? They'd say, "Well, they were just acting as a it's man." It already happened. Yeah, well, I know. Yeah, yeah, Mountain Meadows. I I mean, I'm just saying like what would it take modern day if if this didn't do it? What would it take for those that are still clinging to the church to to actually realize what's going on here and who these guys are? What would it take? I, I just at this point I honestly don't know. I do not know. I mean, from what I've heard in the last couple of days, uh, I'm at a loss. You know, I mean, apparently they can do whatever they want, and these people are still going to believe. Yes. So. Okay. Let's look at history. They can do whatever they want, and people will still believe, okay? Yeah. They, yeah, they shouldn't even exist right now, but they do. I mean, let's look at the let's look at the past century. They murder 160 innocents in cold blood. Right. Whack babies against rocks. And crack their skulls. Yeah. Hit young kids with rifle butts. And did this all in secret and swore everybody to secrecy. Right. When it came out, did this destroy the church? No. 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 They've even admitted I mean, it. I mean, you know, Oaks admitted it. They, the bishops did it. The local leaders did this. And, you know, they, I mean, they didn't confess Brigham Young, but, you know, bishops, I mean, mass murdered Mormon bishops and state yeah. presidents, mass murdered innocent men, women, and children. And, and uh, you know, it's okay, you know? It's like, wow. I, it's yeah. crazy. It's okay. They they castrated a guy. Yeah, probably. And that's okay. And Brigham Young heard about this. What's he say? I'll oh, just let it. You know, just don't speak any more about it, and it'll eventually pass away. So. <laughs> wow. I mean, there are on record. I mean, you know, and it's like you know, and these guys want undying loyalty, and. Right. I made a video about it. Never question. You know. Oh never yeah. Never question it. The church would never ask you to do anything bad. Well, right. let's look at the history of that. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, uh, wow. I mean, hey, you know, one thing about Mountain Meadows that, uh, you know, a lot of people say, well, Brigham Young didn't order the massacre or whatever, but if he's a prophet and he has spirit of discernment, why did he need somebody to uh, ride all the way to Salt Lake to tell him that there was going to be a massacre? Shouldn't he have already known that as the prophet? I mean, shouldn't he have known well, and stopped it? his preaching was certainly think that that's what he wanted him to do. Yeah, I mean, why would he stop something that he's been preaching needs to happen? So. Yeah. I mean. <laughs> yeah. You know. Uh, <laughs> so anyway. Yeah. But uh, you know. Yeah. I mean, it's just like. It's like yeah. It's like you know how can you give your own conscience away to this church? Yeah. I mean, their history is that. Oh, and the church says, well. That was a long time ago. Let's just forget about, you know, forget about Mountain Meadows. Right. Uh, has the church forgotten about Hans Mill? Oh, of course not. No, no, no. 
That's what justifies and Mountain Meadows. That was another 20, 20 years, you know, before Mountain Meadows. Right. Yeah. And was only a fraction of the, you know. Well, that's what's, uh, I mean, whenever this comes up and I'm talking to an apologist, generally that's what they use as their defense. Well, look what they did to us at Hans Mill. And so basically because a bunch of people killed a bunch of Mormons at Hans Mill, then that justified you killing a bunch of innocent people at Mount Meadows. I mean, yeah. is and that... the thing they never... Yeah, that, do you know what's called Hans Mill? Um, at the moment, I, I, I mean, I don't really remember what that the was. Battle of, it was called the Battle of Crooked River, but oh, it's yeah. basically when a whole bunch of Mormons killed three, three of the local Missouri settlers. Right, so they provoked, you know... And so a mob came in and just shot them, you know, shot them dead. Yeah. Uh, when they were vastly, vastly outnumbered in a you know, in an almost massacre, and so this was uh, this was a impromptu posse put together that was trying to hunt down the murderers. Right. Wow. I mean, and so, those murderers hid in the schoolhouse with hid hid in the mill, and they found out that they were hiding in there, and they thought the fact that they were hiding in with a bunch of kids would keep them from firing and. The posse had no idea there were kids in there. Right. Wow. That there were that there were some kids and some women in there, or they wouldn't have done what they did. But you know, they fired. They wouldn't come out, so they just fired through. And it's nothing like Mountain Meadows. Mountain Meadows are out in the broad daylight, and they're killing children, women, pregnant women. You know. Well, uh, by sub yeah, and they're killing them by subterfuge. Yeah. Well, I mean, they make them line up, they make them trust them, they take away their guns, and then they execute them in cold blood. Well, yeah, blood. like, oh, we're, we're coming here to save you, quote, from the Indians attacking you. Right. And then they just march them away, turn around, and just say, Mormons, do your duty, and they fire them, you know, point blank, kill them, smash their heads in. Yeah, well, and the, and the worst... You know, I mean, you know, I've I've talked about this before, but it was one of the the things that had a major impact on me when I left the church ten years ago. I had read about the racism, I verified it, and I was horrified. And then I just happened to be home one night, and the uh, the documentary on the History Channel came on of Mountain Meadows massacre. I'd never heard of it, didn't know a thing about it. I watched that documentary in absolute horror and shock. Uh, you know, basically just sick to my stomach. But the worst part yeah. was the worst part was when this they they what they had done is as you know they gathered up all the children that they believed were eight years old or, or seven or younger or I guess seven or yeah. younger and put them in a wagon and and said we're not going to kill these children because you know they're not uh, of age yet which is eight years old to be yeah. baptized for those of you that don't know Mormons baptized at eight years old and so they there was a girl in the wagon that was eleven. And so I guess when they got done with the massacre and everybody else was dead, then they they asked her to get out of the wagon. They, or they said, how old are you? And she said, 11. And so they made her get out of the wagon, and they shot her point blank in the head right in front of all the other children. Um, yeah. Wow. And they, and they did kill several infants who were, you know, on their mother's yeah. arms. Yeah. I mean, just horrible. But, I mean, to actually – I mean, you're basically done killing, and you're like, hey, little girl, how old are you? Oh, I'm 11. Okay, can you step out of the wagon, please? Boom. Yeah, uh, I mean, if that doesn't tell people who these guys were, I mean, uh, I, I guess I can't help you. You know, I can't help you. Yeah. <laughs> so. Yeah, and so. I mean, it's absolutely yeah, horrible. Yeah, well, they said that uh, nine. Yeah, and you know the date of Mountain Meadows. Yeah, eighteen fifty-seven, nine eleven. 
Yeah, September 11th. Yep. The like the original 9/11. Yeah. I mean, how weird is that? You know. Yeah, and it was the largest religiously motivated uh, massacre on American soil until 2000, until 2001. Yeah, yeah, just terrible. Now, in the history of the West, there were wor- worse massacres. I mean, right. let's not forget we were brutal to the Indians. Oh yeah, <laughs> yes, we were. Shamef- uh, shamefully. And- yeah, and of course, you know, and, and the largest, the Bear River Massacre, happened in just Mormon country. Right. Yep, it did. Yeah, so, you know, I'm just saying, you know, it's, it should be pretty clear, like, what this church is, who the people are that are running it. A lot of them are descendants from the people that lived back then. Most of them are. Um, you know, they're connected one way or another. And you really think that the ones today are really good guys, and the ones back then were garbage, and but now they're like really good guys, right? Um, you know, I keep I keep telling people that think they're wonderful. I keep telling them to give me examples. I'm begging them for examples. Yeah. Give me examples of why they're wonderful, why they're lovely, why they have integrity, why they're you know compassionate. Give me give me examples. Yeah. I need to know what these examples. And they don't have anything. They say nothing. They block me. They don't want to talk yeah. about it because there aren't any. Howard's own granddaughter, when asked, "How do you think? What do you think the biggest problem with the twelve is?" And her own grandfather, who she was loathed to bad mouth, right, said perfectly. They said, "What do you think his problem is?" I am not. I said he's a nice guy, but he seems to lack empathy. Yeah. Completely, yeah. She was pretty clear on that too. There was no, she wasn't holding back. I mean, she yeah. was pretty clear. She that, was very clear about that. Yeah. And she said the whole twelve are nothing but businessmen. He's and n- yeah. She didn't want to say anything too bad. Right. She was trying to. She was. She was parsing her words and she's being careful. In other words, she's a heck of a lot more restrained and still partially believing, unlike us. Yeah, we're pretty much. Uh, uh, straightforward, yeah. <laughs> like, yeah. I was, like I was telling you, I'm not, I've never been one of those that's going to be like, well, let's try and be respectful and nice and let's not hurt anyone's feelings and let's not, you know, uh, no. If I thought no. they were respectful of people's feelings, you know, I'd be more respectful, but... Yes, absolutely. No, they're I... They're not. No, no, they're not. They're not. So, I mean, I, I don't I don't respect and, people that don't respect me. And maybe, I guess that's the opposite of what people say you should do, like... You know, if they attack you, then you love them even more. And but, uh, sorry, that's just not going to happen in this situation. <laughs> so yeah, it's like you know, it's like this is it. You know, people, you need to realize you can't let this church do whatever the whatever the. Can I swear? Sure. Okay, you just, can't just, let this church do whatever the fuck it wants. No, you can't. You just can't. You can't because it. What it does is it enables them and it makes them feel uh, justified. It strengthens them. I mean, whenever you let them just get away with everything, it it, it, yeah. it makes them feel like, hey, I can do it again and again and again. And that's and why... And it's good and it's like... Yeah, that's why I've spent 10 years uh, doing this, you know, podcasting yeah, with you yeah. and doing the live show. And I mean, the, it's got to be exposed. Yeah. It has to be. They, they have to be held accountable 
for their words and their actions and their hate and their bigotry. Yeah. It's got to happen. They have to be held responsible. Someone has to do it. And they have yeah. to do it strongly, yeah. not weakly, strongly. Yeah. Yeah, and do you remember when Christ was talking about the Pharisees? Uh, yeah, yeah. And I, I love one quote he says, you know, he says, you know those Pharisees, those damned hypocrites? Right. Are like beautiful sepulchers. For for inside, you know, they're beautiful and everything, but inside they are full of nothing but old men's bones. Yeah. And, uh, you know, one thing, if you're, you know, for those who are still believers, uh, one thing that Christ hated, you know, is hypocrisy. Right. And what's the height of hypocrisy to have one of your creeds, supposedly, of your main beliefs, the second main thing yeah. that says, that your own doctrine says, that men are only responsible for their own actions. Yeah, not Adams or anyone else. You put out a policy that says we excommunicate you for your father's sins or your mother's sins. Right. That that is just the epitome of hypocrisy. <laughs> it is. It's just it's mind blowing. It really is. I mean you claim to be apostles of Christ. Why don't you just read what he said about hypocrites? You fucking damned I'm sorry. I can't even talk about this. It makes my blood boil. Yeah. I'm, I'm, I feel the same way. I mean, I've been furious about it since... I mean, you were actually away. Oh. You didn't even know that all this had happened. You were actually out of the country uh, for a while, and you came back yeah. in the country, and I'm going, hey, you wouldn't believe what happened in the That's last like, week. <laughs> I mean... Yeah. I mean, I just... I haven't even been back a week. Well, I barely been back one week. Right. Yep. And I come back, and this is just like, holy hell. It's like, you know, I wouldn't, be I wouldn't believe they could be that. I mean, you know, I don't think much about the church, and even I would think that they wouldn't be this brutal at a public policy. Then when I found out, oh, they did it secretly. Okay. Yeah. They were conniving. They, were, they did secret combinations. I think you were wondering when I first told you if I was uh... – relaying things correctly if it was really I mean oh, yeah. like did that really happen they really did that I mean they really said yeah, that yeah so I heard that it was so. leaked and that they didn't right. you know put this out publicly yeah and it's like okay that sounds like them that's really sneaky and disgusting that's okay that sounds just like the they are hypocrites oh yeah yeah well they they they've been they muck about in secret combinations you know and it's like, I've been told to read the boring Book of Mormon so many damn times. You know, how can people read that and their whole church doesn't practice it and not connect it? Right. Well... I mean, if you can't even keep to your own publicized scriptures and your own 13 articles of doctrine... And stick by them. And stick by it when you outright lie about that, and you outright, I mean, I know at least three of the articles of faith that are complete and utter jokes. Oh, yeah. We should, I wish George Carlin was still alive. We should have had him go through the articles of faith and trim it down. He probably, he could have done oh, yeah. that for us. That would have been great. But I mean, it's like they totally discredited about, with this policy, they just totally made light of at least four of them. 
Well, yeah, the laws that we obey the laws of the land. I mean, we respect, you know, kings and magistrates and Yeah. But they don't. We respect anything that is virtuous, praiseworthy, or a good <laughs> yeah. report. Yeah, that was they even never got that. That's complete. That was even yeah. in their letter. That was like in their official letter right near the top where they said they actually used that statement from the Articles of Faith that they, you know, love anything virtuous and I I, mean, I couldn't believe the the gall they had to to put that in the letter when they're condemning an entire yeah. group of people and their children and yet they're using that to say that they're that you know this is a wonderful yeah. wonderful thing and uh you know and, and i mean yeah. obeying laws of the land i mean these are gay legal legal gay marriages and they're not respecting them at all they're actually yeah. excommunicating them they're calling them apostates and they're saying that they're worse than you know like i mentioned earlier rapists uh, attempted murderers yeah. wife abusers sex abusers you know, the, they're, they're like yeah. the lowest scum on the planet, you know? Yeah. And the fact that they, and the fact that they're holding kids responsible for their parents' sins. Yeah. And the fact that they tried to do this in secret. Right. Pretty much means they don't believe the Book of Mormon. Yeah. Or the Articles of Faith, many of them. Like you said, at least four of them, probably. Yeah, so... So, I mean, what can you even count on for Mormon doctrine? It's like the head of the church goes against what they say is the most correct book and their main book of Scripture. They go right against the Book of Mormon. Well, you know, and I brought this up earlier. I don't know if you heard me talking about it, but it's like this policy. Oh, it's a policy. It's not a doctrine. I mean, I'd love to talk about that for a minute because to me there's no difference. It's the same thing. It's I mean... The policies, well, it's a doctrine because all of the yeah. 12 signed off on it. Right, yeah, it's a doctrine. I mean, the, the, the policies enforce the doctrine. The doctrine creates the policy. It's, it's the same thing. We call it whatever you want. It's doctrine. It is doctrine, 100%. Yeah. You know, these... I mean, <laughs> this is a policy saying that we, ex, you know, saying yeah. that something is an excommunicatable offense. That's not policy. That is doctrine. Yes. I mean, there's... It's not... You know, the church enacted a policy, but the policy declares doctrine. The fact that all yes. that all twelve, all fifteen holy men signed off on it, and the fact that it says what's I mean, it basically states what's an ex that this is an automatic excommunicable offense. Right. And this carries on to the kids. That's not a policy. That becomes doctrine. Right. Right, and and so if I hear one more person say, "Oh, well, you know, doctrines never change, but policies do," and this is a policy, I mean, I'm going to scream because, I mean, what I mean, basically, they're taking the church's talking points and repeating them, because that's what yeah. the church wants you to say. That's what they want you to believe. They want you to believe that this is a policy and that what there's hope that it could change. Well, how could it ever change? I mean, you know, I mean, you and I talked about that earlier yeah. today. That it just it it can't change because it would unravel everything that they believe in. So this is ba- this is not based on a policy. This is based on their doctrine to the core. This is core yeah. doctrine of the church. This is everything they've ever stood for like as far as what they teach, you know. Yeah. Uh, so the problem is that their whole doctrine and their whole plan of salvation teaches that gender is an eternal concept. Right. Exactly. And and one whole reason to where they're being, where they're so damn scared is that they've defined, I mean, part of the problem is they've defined morality as a legal marriage. It's only sex that's been illegal, 
and lawful marriage. Right. And when gay marriage became legal, you know, and they don't think outside of the country. They really don't. No. If you're if you're a member and you're outside of the U.S., you know what the church thinks about you? Nothing. They, they couldn't care less about you because you're, you're actually pulling yeah. them down because in most cases in the second and third world countries, they're not, you know, they're not making any money at all. I yeah. mean, they're losing they're, money. They're not making enough money to think about it, even though that the majority of the church is in Mexico, Latin, and South America and speaks Spanish. Yeah, it's a bad thing for them, actually, because they're not making any money. And how many Latino general authorities are there? Very few. Um, apostles, one. yeah, one. One at the bottom of the seventy. Yeah, I mean, there's never, there's no apostles, obviously, black, Hispanic, Asian. No, you know, well, I mean, there's not going to be a black apostle. There's not enough black Mormons for him to represent. Well, there's only been two. Uh, let's see, I used to know this like the back of my hand, but I think there's a new, a new black seventy now. So I think there's been okay. a total of. Two, maybe three, um, and it was about twenty years between the first and second one. So I mean, they can't even yeah. get into the seventies, let alone become an yeah. apostle. So that's not going to happen. Yeah, well, there's just there's not that many black Mormons. Blacks don't want to join this racist cult. You would think they would. They're not that stupid. Yeah, well, Darren Smith is still a member. He still believes it's true. I don't know how. No, he does. Well, I think he does actually. I don't. He got in a big debate with someone here a while back. I was uh, anyway. I'll have to verify that. But uh, yeah, I mean, he. I don't think he's ever renounced his membership. He got fired from BYU. Um, no, I thought he was kicked out. I thought he was vexed. Not that I'm aware of. No, I mean, he still loves. No, he the... never renounced his membership. But I thought they kicked him out because he's an agitator. He's an agitator, but I think that, I mean, they fired him from BYU, but I don't think they ever took any other disciplinary action against him. Because in every interview... I thought, no, he was vocal, and when you're vocal, I thought he finally, he got the axe. He's out. Uh, I don't think so. I don't think so. I'll, I'll, okay. I'll check well, on that. I don't know, for sure. All I know I is he, he, he still defends the church, well, and he still loves the church and talks about how much he loves the church, even though they're racist and they won't apologize, and they fired him from his job at BYU, so... Um, as far as I know, they were probably too afraid to do anything against him because he is so vocal. Yeah. And he's pretty prominent, too. I mean, he's uh, he's well-known, oh, yeah. not just uh, in Mormon circles, but he's well-known no. nationally. And so I think that they were pretty yeah. scared to uh, to do too much to him other than fire him from his job. But, uh, yeah, it's uh, – but, I mean, again, it just begs the, the question, you know. It's like why why would he or any black person want to be – in this racist cult, uh, yeah. you know that that basically hates so many different people that it's almost hard to keep track of sometimes. Well, so. I know there's a lot of stories of a lot of people who get you know converted by the missionaries. They're black, right? And they go to church, and you know they feel really good, except they feel like, man, am I the only? You know? Yeah. Well, am you... I the only American in this? Ward, you know? Yeah, it's pretty, you know, odd. I mean, he mentioned that when he was taught by the missionaries that he never knew anything about because he joined yeah. after 1978, and so they never told him, never taught him. He'd never heard yeah, anything about people, the black and a lot curse, of them you know? never find out, and when they do, they like, I'm out of here. <laughs> yeah, why would they want to be in that, you know? Uh, 
Um, uh, I don't know. I mean, even 50% of Acme's black converts will leave when they find out the church's history, which yeah. makes perfect sense. Well, let me say this. If you're black and you're in the church and you find out that it's all racist and everything, I mean, there's and, you, and then you want to stay and you believe it's true, uh, there's some serious cognitive dissonance going on there. You need some help because there might need to be yeah. an intervention so that you can understand what's happening here because uh, there's no reason why you should want to be a part of or support an organization, yeah. you know, that cursed your people for so long, you know, a, a yeah. race of people. Yeah. I mean, oh, gosh. I fully agree, and that goes double or triple if you're gay. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, because, I mean, it's... If you're gay and if this policy hasn't told you that you need to get the hell out and that they want you out. It's like... What will it take? That's what I keep asking. What will it take? Yeah. I, I just don't... I don't know anymore. I just... Apparently... Apparently, Dan, I coming you? I don't know. I don't know either. I wish I did. I just... I don't yeah. know anymore. I just can't oh, figure and, it out. You know, and the policy, they had 2,000 that quit at a rally. Yeah. And so, do you know what the Deseret News and the Mormon Church was trying to say about all those people who quit? What's that? Oh, that they were inactive. Oh, that they were all just inactive anyway, or just right. non-believers and everything. There were no active ones that quit, which is completely bogus. Well, can I just mention something? And this probably won't be, uh, you know, liked very much. But for those that are organizing, like the next uh, mass mass resignation party. Uh, just do everyone a favor and don't put a poll on your page that asks how many people are still active in the church because yeah. <laughs> they're actually the ones that gave them this information by having a stupid poll on their page asking and it was like 5% said they still were active in the church and so the media ran with it, the church ran with it, everyone's running with this number that 95% were inactive and 5% were active yeah. and, and so you know just well, don't, don't, don't give them number, that. I yeah, I think there were a lot more active Mormons, but you know what a lot of those were? Um, a lot of them were actually active Mormons, but they were part of the, like, Mormons building bridges. Yeah, yeah, there needs to be a new group called Mormons I mean, Blowing Up Bridges. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> I mean, a lot of these were Mormon activists who thought they could, you know, right. who were like, no, there were a lot of active Mormons in that. But Surprise! To be fair, they were part of the active Mormons were part of Mormons building bridges or Mama Dragons. Yeah, surprise! The bridges you built just got uh, blown up to pieces. Yeah, surprise! And they were so disgusted, and they thought they were making progress on it. Like, okay, yeah, sad. so much for changing the church. I'm out of here, you know. Right, and that's yeah, and and I'm glad that they finally realized that. Yeah. You know, there's still some that haven't, and you know, there's still yeah clinging to it and, and, and I don't know how many just active type paying members just showed up at that I think most of the active members were New Order Mormons or you know yeah but they were still you know some of them might have still been paying tithing going to their meetings oh, they, yeah you know. there were probably a lot of tithe paying members on that so I'm you know the and, fact is even though it's not as great as I think it should be that new policy should have caused you know yeah should have caused a bunch of active Mormons to just go and drove but I hope it still continues. That's not how cults work, and that's not how yeah, cults of obedience true. work, unfortunately. Well, this this is a big one. I think they lost, you know, some some good good people. You know, some really good 
people that were diehards and that, you know, that poll doesn't yeah. mean Jack. I mean, just because the people that did that poll said that doesn't mean that it wasn't 30% or 40%. I mean, we don't know. And so, we don't uh, know. And I don't think that that poll was totally accurate. No. And I'm sure a lot of them, I'm sure a good majority of them weren't active, but a lot of them were probably active tax paying members who were actually part of the Mormons building bridges and, you know, right. Well, even the, a lot of the active Mormons, the, I mean, a lot of them were, What's were that? people who were willing to stand up and were advocating for better, you know, for the church, for better treatment for gays, because a lot of them have gay kids, gay brothers, gay sisters. Yeah, and, and, and yeah, well, the one is, you said Mom and Dragons, right? That, I had not heard of them before all this happened. I wasn't even aware oh, okay. of, of yeah. that group, but the yeah. Mom and Dragons, it was just an organization of Mormon mothers of gay children. Right, and, there's, and they're pretty pissed. I mean, they're really upset, too. Oh, and don't think that a lot of those who were active in that were part of that 2000. Right, yeah. No, those those were the active Mormons who were part of that 2000 and a whole bunch of New Order Mormons. Right. I mean, some people who thought they could reform the church from within with this policy finally realized that was a real kick in the face. Oh, I've been wasting my time. Right, yeah, and, and well, I mean, yeah, it's, it's, I've been trying to tell them for years <laughs> that you're wasting your time, guys. They're going to kick you in the teeth the first chance they get. Yeah. And, uh, you know, I mean, and it's sad. I mean, I'm not I'm not reveling in that or I'm not, I don't enjoy the fact that I was right. I wish I was wrong. I mean, it, it's, yeah, it's me because too. it's so damaging to to so many people and, it, and it's caused uh, depression and suicide it's i mean it's horrific and so it's like i was trying to help them understand that they were going down a, a road that was going to end badly for them you know um yeah. and and i think that they're too emotionally and unfortunately, in, i don't involved. think this is the end of that road i know for a lot of them it's they're still on the road and you know it's uh they're, they're, they're too emotionally they involved it, it's just going to, the next blow will be worse it will because now they've done this and now they're going to do something else and and so yeah. uh, you know it, it's um they they just don't care who they leave in their wake they just don't care I mean whatever happens happens and like you know we were yeah. talking earlier in the show with Dr. Shades like you know they're they're basically getting rid of the troublemakers and the problems and and uh, you know I mean they got yep. rid of Kate Kelly. Well, what they and, don't realize is this is going to hit their missionary program hard. It is, yeah. I mean, they've set the missionaries up for a complete disaster uh, oh. around the world, you know? Yeah, the mission, I mean, that, I've already heard that the, you know, unfortunately, I'd like to say that this is just trying members to resign in droves and droves and droves, but yeah, that's too. not going to happen. Right. But, I mean, there's still a lot of good quality people that are, you know, people with real hearts. Yeah real charity you know the you know it's like the they're not going to lose a lot of members but what they're going to find is the church is going to lose that which makes them good yeah well that's true the good the ones people they leave will be the cream of the crops the right the bow who yeah. are actually good who made a mormon ward a place that was good yeah and it helped people, and over the years, this is really going to hurt them because you may, you will lose people, and you know it may not be just droves and droves that I wish would quit, but those who do quit 
will be people of principle, people of quality. Yes. That will, it's that one person who is going to leave a ward empty in their, you know, in their absence. Right. I mean, who are they it's left with? Those people whose, whose absence will be so dearly felt. Right. And the church is, by driving out those people, the church is going to be so damn hollow. The dedicated, yeah, that's a great point. The the dedicated people that they're there every week the and they teach their class with and sincere heart that right. makes you look. Good, I mean, who makes you attracted to converts? Who's going to be left? You know, the Jeff Lindsays and Daniel C. Peterson, the Mormon apologists. Yeah, the people who are know. left are going to be the assholes like the leaders. Right. You're you're losing your heart and. When you lose your heart, this policy makes you look really bad. And yeah. the fact is, you're losing the people who ever made you look good. Yep. And so the, your reputation just took such a hit that you will never recover. And you're starting yourself on a slide yeah. where your reputation is going to go back to what it was at the turn of the century. Yeah, that's a good point. They're really going backwards dramatically and quickly. Yeah, it's like just when you thought that you were almost talking, you know, finally getting people to, you know, and all your effort of PR and all your commercials and all your everything, it's all undone. Yeah, millions of dollars on ad campaigns and websites and, you know, everything is uh, undone. All the money you spent advertising it, you know, playbills and the Book of Mormon musical. Right. What do you since theater people are all fabulous, if you know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. They, uh, mm. What do you want to bet that they get a revision in the Book of Mormon musical that's touring across the country? Right, and you know I'll go back to uh, the Peter Danzig interview he did with John DeLynn and with his wife and uh, what's his wife Mary, right? Mary Danzig. Mary. And, you know, yes. in the interview that they did, I mean, they talked about how when Monson became the prophet, he basically went on a gay witch hunt to get everyone and, yep. and everyone that was gay out of the choir, out of the orchestra. He wanted them gone. I mean, he and he was going after good people that had never done anything to anyone. They were just they loved yep. what they did. And he went and wanted that place eradicated of anybody gay. And yep. this should come as and no he's surprise. And Prop 8. Yep, he did. Yep. Against Prop 8. And I just want to mention that he was the one involved with Oaks back in the 70s at BYU with the, uh, uh -huh. you know, the gay... Uh, the gay electroshock. Yeah, the electroshock uh, on, on gay people on BYU campus. He was right in the middle of that. So Monson yep. has had an intense hatred for gays since forever, and, and so has Oaks. And so none of this should really come as too much of a surprise. I, doc, that's kind of what Dr. Shades was saying. Like, the only thing that he's surprised yeah. about is that everyone's surprised. <laughs> so I think that's a good way to, you know, sum it up, you know. Um, I mean, it really, yeah. if, if you know anything about the history of the church or you know how much they've hated different groups of people and especially gays, and, you know, I mean, Prop 8. and I mean, it, it should come as no surprise. This. Were you talking homosexual? I mean, I remember being taught this in seminary. Yeah. That homosexuality was one of the greatest crimes. Yeah, well, it's that's what it says in Miracle Forgiveness. You know, it's second next to murder. Yeah. Um, well, yeah. I know. was told that about the only that the only two sins worse than homosexuality were What's... murder and 
Masturbation? What? <laughs> Masturbation? <laughs> no, no, no. Oh, okay. <laughs> no, we're murder, bestiality, and denying the Holy Ghost. Oh, okay. Well, that's nice. AKA becoming an apostate. Right. Well, and, and now they're uh, they're worse than uh, you know attempted murderers, uh, sexual abusers, rapists. You know. Well, yeah. So, I mean, this was back when I was growing up. This was back in you know. I'm going through some areas. This is back in the late '70s, early '80s. Right. And this is what I was taught. So this, I mean, that they're worse and that they're bad and that they're horrible. This is not anything new. Yeah, it's it's not. I mean, I was taught this, and this was all coming because Kimball was the prophet, and it was all coming from his book, you know? Yeah, the book which they then claim is not official, you know, it's, oh, well, that's not official, it's, uh, you know, but it is official, and the bishops still hand it out to people, and I knew a girl at BYU who went on a vacation and had sex with a man, and she came back, and what did the bishop give her? Miracle of Forgiveness. And uh, yeah, they still pass out. They still have Packers' little factory talk pamphlet is still handed out. Yeah, absolutely. And they still have his. Oh, it's okay to beat up your gay companion to the one. You know they call it. Yeah, it's horrible. Talk is still, it's still sometimes distributed. So. Yeah, it's um, yeah. So you know, I'll repeat what Doctor Shade said. The only surprise that he had is that everyone's surprised. Yeah, so, you know, I mean, it, <laughs> yeah, yeah, that's the only it's surprise. Like, yeah, we should be surprised, and I'm sure more is coming. Oh they've yeah, they've already doubled down on their policy. We we hate gays. We want them out. Right. I'm sure more is coming. Oh yeah, prepare yourself. I mean, it's going to happen, and you know, I think they're going to see how far they can go. I I don't. I'm not quite sure where it ends. You know, I I, I was listening to a podcast that you did with. Uh, I forget his name, but you guys did a podcast together, and he, you know, you guys were talking about that and saying, you know, they hated blacks, now they hate gays, like, who's next? And it's like, you know, they're running out of, I mean, the comment was they're running out of groups to hate, like, who can they hate next, you know? It's like, I think they've pretty much run through the, all the hatred. They're I mean, out of them, and so they're yeah. going to double down on their hatred of gays. And- yeah. Good point. Yeah, they can't hate. They can't and curse black. Like, so, gotta yeah. get gotta oh, get the women and, and women and gays. You know, that's where their focus. Oh yeah. Will be. Oh, and the ironic thing is, right after this policy is announced. Yeah. Salt Lake City elected a notably gay mayor. Yes. Yes. <laughs> I, you know, I think uh, wasn't she elected before this policy? Like right before this policy came out, it almost seemed like. It was like their retaliation or something. I, I don't know. It's The timing was amazing. I think they anticipated it was going to happen. And I swear that this announcement and what they did had something to do with that. Because, I mean, it would surprise well, me they, if it didn't. Yeah, the policy came out and the church actually paid the, got the local papers to delay the announcement. Oh, yeah. <laughs> no, course. it was against the, no, this, the, uh, what was her name? The... Um, the newspaper? Or? It, it, no, the the election was so close that they oh, had yeah. to do recount. Oh, right, right. Yeah. Because, it, because Becker was a three-term mayor, so, you know, it was against... So they elected uh, an openly gay... Which is great. ...lesbian governor it. against uh, 
major incumbent. Yeah, that's a big deal. I mean, I think it's great. I mean, it's it's uh, and that it's made great. that, that made like, headlines around the world too. By the way, <laughs> that was a big big news yeah. story. Yeah. So so if you see a giant white penis flying through the sky sometime in the future, yeah, that's just the church office building. That's just them moving it to Provo because Salt Lake's gone too. <laughs> Evil. <laughs> Right in the right in the Vatican of Mormonism, a gay mayor. Yeah. Oh, Who would have thunk it? Yeah. Right? Yeah. Great. Anybody, if I refer to the giant white penis downtown Salt Lake, does anybody not know what I mean? I, I mean, think... when you take a building that you know is peaked into almost an oval on top, right, and has two is white and has two big huge ovals on either side. Yeah. I mean, for such an anti-gay, paranoid, homophobic church, right? Their office headquarters is a giant penis. <laughs> they have an awful lot of phallic symbolism. Yes, yes, they do. For such a homophobic church. Well, and they always talk about erecting things. Everything's always talked about as erections. They, <laughs> they erected the church. It they. Is. It, We're going to erect. It's not build a new temple, it's erect a new temple. Right, yeah. Erect a new state center. <laughs> exactly. They're always erecting things. It's, uh, you know, they're, yeah, they're not building, yeah. they're erecting. It's like, why do you have to constantly use the term erection? You know, it's amazing. I mean. Uh, I don't know. Has anybody looked at those Book of Mormon photos that they used to have? And, you know, the. Right. Oh. Of Nephi and, you know. Yeah. Mormon and Moroni. Strong, strapping old men without shirts very often. Oh, yes. Yes. Very you know, amazing. Big old men with muscles. <laughs> well, hey, I just want to say one more time, there's a bunch of you out there listening. If anybody else wants to call in, I'm going to be wrapping it up here in a few minutes. So if you still want to call in, uh, you're welcome to join us. We're just... Uh, yeah. We, well, haven't, we haven't done a podcast for a while, so... Uh, this is good, yeah. you know. Oh. We're able to do it live. So. Yeah, I wanted to. I just had to talk about this policy. It's like, wow. Yeah, it's <laughs> it's it's really. I mean, what's the word that people like to use? Breathtaking. You know, it's so. I mean, they use that in the PBS documentary that you know some of these things are just. I mean, they're so bad. It's literally breathtaking. Yeah. I mean, it's just shocking. You know, but but it's not. Yeah. It shouldn't be though, if you really understand. Yeah, I, I yeah. think I think it still caught people off guard though because they went so far, you know. Um, I mean, they, they yeah. just went so far. I mean, going after the children. I mean, not even like just so everybody knows, like babies can't even be blessed. Oh, and I want to point out something yeah. else real quick. This was really awesome when uh, Christofferson did that interview with uh, what's his name, Otterson, I think, the spokesperson guy. He uh, he yeah. mentioned that when a person when a kid receives a name and a blessing that they create a church membership record for them. And yeah. and I, I mean, we've all known that. That's why they call uh, kids that are under the age of eight. Yeah. Child of record. Right. And yeah, it was... Oh, no, they are a member of the church. That's right. And, and so, yeah, that's why they, they're banning... A baby, blessing, a baby blessing is makes you a member. It just makes you unbaptized member. Yeah, so isn't that interesting? Because I was always under the impression that to be a member, you had to be baptized, you know? But you don't. You're, when yeah, you're when well, you're blessed, you are a member of the church. So, 
It's, yes, uh, you're a member. Yeah, in fact, they call it member of record. That's right. Which is their name for an unbaptized member. Yeah, and I don't think many people think much about that, you know. But no. so for all you know, for I, all y'all the ex Mormons out there who might have blessed their children before you left the church, when you resign, you need to make sure you include the names of your children, even your yeah. babies, because they have a membership record as well. And so you need to yeah. resign oh. everyone, not just yourselves. Yeah. I just want to say something, and this is actually a message to the church leadership. Okay. I'm sure if, they're listening tonight. I wouldn't be surprised. Yeah, if, I'm, sure, I'm sure somebody from the Strengthening the Members Committee has to be listening to this to check out this whole new thing since this is a first. Right. Yeah, they'll be tuning in on quite often. I want to show them that. So, so here's an actual statement. You can pass on to your uppers. And here's a comment. <laughs> All right. You know, you know your your hatred of you know your hatred of gays in this policy may not have caused a whole ton of members to leave right away, but right. it's going to cause your cause you to shrink to nothing in the end because the youth of this country and even the youth of this of the city and the state actually support gay rights and gay marriage. Yeah, and it's becoming more You're, and more so. I yeah. mean, every day. The youth and the kids support this. And it's not just so here, it's all around the world. will die off. Your right. members who support you and go with you will die off. And you you just created a move, and what you just did a couple weeks ago ensured that most of the youth, and that's where you get most of your new members, are the kids of your members, your missionary programs. You just gutted it, too. So... Yeah, you know, eventually your support and your tithe payers are going to die off, and you just get up the resupply. So, well, I so enjoy your power and your members while you have them before they die, because you just ensure that your new supply is cut in half or probably worse. Yep, it's gonna. Yeah, it, so it, it will have a long-lasting effect. Be prepared to be reduced down. What's what's all your older members croak? Right. To just a tenth of what you are now. Yeah. Well, You're going to be reduced to just a small regional church who's only a fraction of the population of the Intermountain West. Yep. Well, yeah, maybe Utah, yeah, Idaho, maybe what, Arizona, possibly part of it. And maybe parts, maybe a little bit of Arizona. That's a, you know, that's about it. Yeah. And and it'll mostly be the older people who'll just keep dying off and I'll bet you that fifty percent of the youth of the church will not continue and will not be active type payers. And I'll bet you as time goes on that becomes more and more until it gets to only twenty percent yeah, of the youth will continue in the church. It's gonna be a very low number. So, I believe that. So go ahead and steer you know what? I shouldn't tell you this because it tells <laughs> you where your danger zone is. But you know what? You're arrogant and you're out of touch. You're not going to listen, so yeah, no, they're they're not. Um, you know. So so you know your days are numbered. You just ensure it'll take a while for you know your demise and your effects. This will take a while before you build it, and and of course the current leadership will long be gone. But you right. just said you just set the church to be to start crumbling. You know you just searched the church was already shrinking very slowly, but you just expedited it downhill. Well, I thanked him on Twitter. I mean, I publicly thanked him like the day after they made this yeah. announcement. I said, "Thank you so oh, yeah. much oh, for, for doing my job." For announcing that you don't believe in that you actually do hold people responsible for their parents' 
thing. I mean, like, we know that from stuff like the interview with the dad thinks. Yeah, and then, yeah, and Blacks and the Priest did. They did the same thing. And, uh, well, yeah, but. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah the, the Blacks yeah, and the Priest, they were held responsible for their parents' sins. And Peter Daszak couldn't become a seminary teacher because of his father, because of the that's right wrongful accusations against his fathers and that marks. So, if your parents were marked out from the church, you can't work for the church. So, oh, and by the way, his dad was innocent; he was falsely accused, and yeah, they actually was, and they actually but, bugged their phone lines at home as well. Um, I mean, this was yeah. like back in what the fifties, sixties. The whole point is that this policy is not a new doctrine, but it was a secret doctrine. Right. And now it's out that you actually do believe that you were responsible for your parents' sins. You just announced it to the world. So have fun with the repercussions of that, and thanks for finally doing something that announced that to the world. Yes, thank you. Thank you for doing our job, for making our lives a lot easier, for exposing yourselves better than we could ever do it. Um, yep. You know, I mean, I, I do. Well, like yeah. I say, I, I wish we could destroy the Mormon church, but we can't. We just have to wait for those old, out-of-touch, motherfucking hypocrites to do it themselves. So keep up the good work. <laughs> yes, keep up the good work, because, yeah, you're doing a fine job. But this, but the sad part is, in the middle of all this, is that they're, and you know... please do something to make your demise go faster, please. Right. Yes. And that's where, you know, we come in and other ex-Mormons come in. We have to be there as a support group for those whose lives are being oh, gutted and destroyed yeah. so we can help them so that they don't feel as if they have nothing to live for because they lost the thing that meant the most to them, you know? And that's, yeah, and if anybody who's gay is listening to this and is thinking and is listening to the stupid cult and now thinks they're horribly sinful, they've committed the worst sin ever. You didn't commit any sin. You were born that way. Science has proved that now. And they admit that as well. By the way, on mormonsandgays.com, yeah. they admit that. Yeah. Even the church admits it. So it's true. You were born that way. So do you think a black should kill themselves because they were born sinful? Right. No. It's BS. And the whole idea that you're responsible and for your parents' sin is bogus. Don't buy that. If you're the child of a gay, if you're a gay, do not even give this cult. They don't deserve you. They don't deserve you. Get out. It's yes. good. They're horrible. And they're losing. All the good people who made it worthwhile are going to go. Right. Straight. So just go with them. And Find gay. something else that works for you. There's tons of other churches out there. There's just, there's a million other ones. There's thousands and thousands of Christian churches and every other major denomination and everything else you can think of. There's a whole ton of atheist organizations out there now. Right. And if you need and to, anything else, and find if you, something that suits you. Well, and if, I you, mean, if you need to talk, internet, call us, you know, call the show, call yeah. Call us, email us, uh, you know, if you need help, uh, let us know. Do not harm yourself. Do right. not, please. Over this cult, please. this, you know, so-called church. Do not let this cult do any more damage and hurt any more people. Right. In the thousands and thousands it already has. And, and if you think they're going to care, they won't. too large of an increase in 
suicides. Yeah, it's it's just. I mean, the end Mormons already since this came out. So, well, I mean, I, I, just, no more, well, no I mean, more, please. Yeah, I, absolutely. Just reach out to somebody, whether it's us or somebody else. Reach out for help. Reach out to anybody, and we want to help. You know, any way we call can. Call a suicide hotline. Call a friend. Call anybody. Just right. Not not somebody who's too. And if it's maybe not somebody who's in the church, though, I'm a died in the wool church believer. Yeah, try maybe somebody. Else. Try to find somebody that's at least on the fence. <laughs> you know, that yeah. can that can actually you know have a an opinion that's not based on what the church says. Um, yeah. I mean, just real quick. I mean, at that resignation meeting, one of the speakers that was supposed to be there couldn't be there because one of their friends tried to kill himself, and so he was at the hospital with his friend. And so, you know, it is happening, yeah. and and um, this announcement it's is happening triggering It's happening far too it. much, and it's like... It's just so tragic. Yeah, and, and this last month is going to go down in the record books for highest suicides per capita in the in United States history in a single state. Oh, I hope not. I mean, have you actually heard that? Uh, it's prediction. I've actually yeah. heard rumors. I mean, I've I heard that not. the suicide boy. rate was like six times normal. Oh, boy. The day after the policy and was getting worse. Yeah. And I hope I'm wrong, but I'm probably not. And I, I hate to be right about this kind of thing. And it's like enough, enough. And for those that, that uh, think this that they, they care. The stupid church is not worth your sorrow. No, it's, it's not. It's definitely not worth your life. It's not. Do not let what a stupid. And I mean, it's, listen to us. This this cult is just dumb. It's founded on lies. It's always been about lies. It's always been completely hypocritical. It's never what they say. The articles of faith have always been a big fucking lie. Right. The Book of Mormons, they don't even believe. So. Well, yeah. Let I think it, this uh, the quote. The quote of Disney song, just let it. Let it go. Just let the church go. It's not worth it. Yeah, it's it's not worth your time, your energy, your thoughts. Um, I mean, the only reason we're don't doing it is... Don't we, want to make them miserable anymore. Get talk, get whatever help you need to help get away from it, and you probably do need help to get away from it because it... Yeah. You it did. busts up your thinking. It really does. It does. I mean, I, I, you know, I left a comment today. I was actually kind of bummed out and a little concerned I said you know it makes me wonder if the church is causing so much uh you know mental I mean literally causing mental illness you know the the brainwashing the indoctrination that you know you hope that there are there, there's help or that these people will reach out for help you know yeah. um for what they're experiencing because you know the church becomes your identity it's it's who I mean what were we taught growing yeah. up it's not it's not a church it's who you are. It's who you are as a person. And so people take that very seriously. It was for me. Yeah, me too. It was everything. It was... But there's so many other cool identities you can find. There's just right. there's a ton of them. Uh, yeah, definitely. That are, that are way more better. I mean, you can be a geek. You can be... Right. Be your old man. Do not be, a, do not be somebody who follows the whims of 15, out-of-touch, senile evil old guys bigoted old guys yeah yeah it's... yeah and i guess yeah i guess we gotta wrap this up or i gotta 
I okay. That. Yeah, I was, um, no, I was going to do that anyway. So, but I just wanted to thank everyone that listened in tonight. I really appreciate it. It's the uh, premiere show, so it's kind of exciting. It's fun, uh, as far as I know. As I've said, no one's done this before. So, um, especially on a, you know on a weekly basis or daily, I should say daily basis. And so uh, yeah. it's exciting. I mean, I I want to thank Dr. Shades for coming on, and thank you for coming on. And um, for those that weren't able to get through tonight, that called in, I know there were a bunch of you calling in. Uh, just call back tomorrow. Uh, I'll be on again at 11. So just call back tomorrow, and you know we'll uh, take your call in. I apologize. So, but uh, yeah, basically, I think this is going to be uh, this is going to be good. You know, and I mean, my main goal in doing this is that I want to help as many people as as we can. I give them an outlet, uh, not only to listen, but if they want to call in and share their thoughts or feelings and experiences, yeah. that they can. Okay. And you know, it'll be here every night. So. Um, you know, hopefully it'll help some people that that need the help. So, but uh, yeah, there's probably a lot of them right now. Yeah, there are probably more than ever right now, and so that's yeah. So. We'll, we'll try and do so. All right. Well, hey, I appreciate it. I know you're gonna join me when you can, and you're welcome to call in yep. anytime. And um, okay, you know, we can take. I can bring you in, and we can talk to other people, and you know, have a yeah. And, next time I call in, I'll be quicker so you can get to more people okay hey that's fine it was great <laughs> great talking to you again so but uh okay. thanks everybody for tuning in and if you have any questions uh again my email is uh xmormonlive at gmail.com and you can leave comments there or you can find me over at twitter or on facebook at the uh the xmo live group that i started and so I'll be uh, easy to find, and then you have our number to call if yep. you want to call in too. So. Or demonofkolob at gmail.com. Yeah, demonofkolob at gmail.com. Yep, feel free to email us if you need help or you want to talk, and we'll do all we can to help you. So that's a good note to leave it on because I think a lot of people are out there right now hurting. So, But uh, and, and one thing I was going to mention too real quick, uh, at the beginning of the show I have the, uh, the intro, and uh, I don't know if you heard it, demon but it was uh you know oaks talking about you know you can't criticize leaders of the church even if it's true and then he talks about mountain meadows and says that uh, oh yeah by the way uh, you know our leaders were the ones that committed the the massacre and anyway i have a little intro but then i play a little music after the main intro and so i'll be changing that song regularly and then at the end of the podcast i'll play the song in its entirety so that's how I'll, okay. I'll end the shows, just so everybody knows. So, anyway, uh, I guess that's it. So, hey, I appreciate you calling in, and we will see you guys all tomorrow night. So, thank you, and I appreciate everyone that took part in the premiere episode of X Mormon Live. It was an honor to be here for you guys. So, thanks. Take care, and we'll see you tomorrow.
Why you, 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 why you,